Hey, everybody. Hey. Before hey. we start the episode, we had some news that we wanted to get to you. Yeah. We have a special event coming up. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to hang out with us and watch a movie that is largely underseen and, and should be seen by more people. completely impossible to see, really. But it's kind of a little masterpiece. It's great. Yeah. And we covered it on this show way, way, way back in the day. Don't be a mute witness oh. and come see Mute, mute witness. witness at the Beacon Cinema in Columbia be City. A cute, be a cute witness, not a mute witness. Oh, my God. Everyone come with your cute witness selves be to a Beacon, Beacon Cinema. Be a Beacon? At the Beacon. <laughs> August 18th, which I believe is a Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At seven of the clock. Seven oh. bells. So at the toll of seven bells. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will all, all four of us be there. That's right. Yeah, Kevin will be coming back from the other from plane the of existence. Introduce and watch this movie with you guys. Maybe hang out afterwards, Corral. Yeah, if you want to hang out with us, we'll you know if you're cool enough, we'll let we'll you. We'll see. We'll <laughs> we'll measure how cool you are yeah. and decide if we'd like to <laughs> still hang out with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are really really fun events. This is the fourth one that we've done, I believe. It's oh. my first one as part of the team. That's right. That's right, but not the first one that you've attended. No, because I live very close. Yeah, and they're uh, they're like really fun. We watch a cool movie. In this case, you get to watch a, a hidden masterpiece mm -hmm. that hardly anybody's seen. It's really hard to get your hands on. And then uh, and we do a little funny intro. I couldn't recommend it more. These are really good times. Yeah, no better way to spend your Friday, August 18th. And stay tuned, because we're working on something that's even more awesome. Oh, this. A thing we, that, you know. If we can get this to happen, it will be, a, personally for me, a dream come true. Yeah, it's, it will be it's a cooking. It's a high watermark in my life. It's yeah. cooking. Yeah, but that's well, we don't know about that. We don't know yet. about we'll, that, we'll and it's, it's kind of out of our hands, but we're working on it. But what's totally in our hands and in your hands is going to see and our Mute Witness with us. Mute Witness. August 18th. <laughs> 7 p.m. Mute Witness. Beacon. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. Me, I'm Emily Soderbach. <laughs> Me, I'm Travis Vogt. Me, I'm Matt Lynch. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. We're all here. And that's Lily. And Lily's here, too. Lily's here, too. Say hi. Woof. Woof. No, that didn't work. <laughs> Hello. Woof. Hello, I keep, woof. I keep trying to get her to <laughs> talk, but all she says is woof. It's embarrassing. <laughs> she says bark sometimes, <laughs> too. She says rough. So rude. It's mega weekend in uh, Seattle, Washington, Everything which is where we are. Everything you think of is happening this weekend. Yeah. Mega weekend. B -b -b mega, mega weekend. Yeah. This Sunday, Sunday, coming at you. <laughs> this weekend's for the rich people, you guys. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> the Blue Jays at T-Mobile Park. The Bite of Seattle. The Bite of Seattle. <laughs> There's plenty to do. Barbie, Oppenheimer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't saw James Austin Johnson on Friday, so I was, who was, I that? was the one who was the guy, person who does... Sounds um, like a fake name. It's a real... Uh, well, actually, Isn't he the guy fake. that shot Lincoln? He's the guy who shot Lincoln. <laughs> and he's a comedian who does the Trump impression on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Trump, and, Trump and Biden impressions. Great. Oh. Yeah. Was that funny? It's it's really funny. He does. Uh, he has a particularly enjoyable take on Trump where it's he just he just does train of thought stuff where Trump talks about like nerdy shit okay. like we're gonna Star talk Wars. about the Pokemons there's some Pokemons <laughs> he, his, his baby Yoda's great so great 
hundred percent. That's hundred percent what it is. <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. an actual thing. And he just goes and goes and goes. Uh, and it's like tr- impressions, impressionism, impression-ish? Impressionism. Impression, whatever. That's a, gorgeous that's a impressionism. Form of painting. <laughs> What's your impression of Donald Trump? I'm a psychiatrist. I don't do impressions. <laughs> but impressions are like kind of the lowest form of comedy until they're not. <laughs> what are you saying about this podcast? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. That's why it's like so controversial. Are you and, saying that it's low-hanging fruit? Uh, kind of. Just usually, like, usually if you hear, you're like, I'm going to go see a comedy show. Like, what is it? A guy who does impressions. You're like, oh, fuck. See, yeah, if you told me about that, I'd be like, sweet, because I like funny voices but and impressions. A, but there's also a chance that it's just going to be this real cornball crap. Right. And could be little... like, what if Jack Nicholson was, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, like, there's, like, the vast majority of it yeah. is real, like, low-hanging fruit, cornball bullshit, like a person masters this thing, mm-hmm. and then they are not good at the rest of the things, yeah, you know, right. like, i.e. being funny or interesting <laughs> or anything like that. They just, or, and then sometimes there's impressions, impressionists who uh, aren't, aren't good, right. and it's their whole thing. You're like, fuck, man, how did this happen? Uh, someone wrote into me and Matt's other show, Viva Fiscal Media, on YouTube, and was like, and talked about this show and was like, you guys should have a Patreon episode that's just Travis, Kevin, and Matt doing impressions. (laughs) And I was like, Jesus Christ. Gotta get your Meg Tilly on there, too, though. No. (laughs) Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, sorry. Do you have a thing, because this happens to me, I don't know if this is anybody else's thing, but like, if the impression is really, really good, it kind of doesn't matter what they say, like, even if there's no jokes... That's will, almost funny. That's oh, almost oh, funny. That's the thing. If the impression's really good, it's it's almost like a, a whole other thing. Like, you because know, h- how could you deny it? You know. I listened to this Kevin Pollock telling a thing about Jack Nicholson, and he did he did a really good Jack Nicholson, but it was just like the 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 bit in the story he was telling was Kiefer Sutherland in the trailer with Jack Nicholson going like, "Hey, do you want to get a beer after after the shoot today?" And well, that sounds good, Keith. What time do you think? You know, like I can't do it, but no, I mean, that, that was, was it. Pretty, not bad. At that all. was the whole bit. Was like, "What time should we get that beer?" I was like, "This is the fucking funniest impression I've ever heard." You know, like it doesn't matter what he says. That's that's hundred percent what it's like. And the people who make uh, make their living or like become famous as impressionists when they start to go into like, "All right, I'm ready," like at a at a show at an event, or if you're just talking to them in person, if they signal that they're like they're gonna do it <laughs> because they probably don't want to be like trained seals and like doing right, it right. on command but sometimes they're like yeah I'll give you fucking I'll give you a little jack and you're like That's, I feel like that would be so hard here we go it's like it can be so thrilling it's, it's by really the way go find that place. podcast he tells this hilarious story about talking to Jack Nicholson about finding out that Magic Johnson has HIV <laughs> Kevin Pollock's but one the, of, it doesn't one of have the anything originals. to do with that story. Like that's that's the start of the the anecdote, but it ends up being about how he's having sex with uh, Angelica Houston. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, it's great. Jesus There's a part in the story where he's like, "So I'm making this picture, Chinatown," and Kevin Pollock is like, "Did anybody just hear that? You started a sentence with I'm making this movie called Chinatown." Yeah, like shit like that. It's a very funny story. Kevin Pollock is such a fascinating case because it's the sort of thing where he'd be like, "All right, everybody, I'm gonna do my walk-in impression. Here comes William Shatner," and you could be like, "Ugh." Boy, but it's like he fucking invented yeah. those impressions. Peter That's Falk. like I started this shit. Yeah. Like I, I get to do it. It's cool when I do it. I yeah. I invented it. Yeah, it's my thing. He still gets the best lines in uh usual suspects too. He does. And then that one scene where it looks like him and uh, Stephen Baldwin are gonna kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you're like, are they gonna what you, kiss? What are you gonna do in prison, tough guy? Fuck your father in the shower and go have a snack. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, incredible. But anyways, the show was really good. Good. Very funny. And it was like, a, do you ever have a, a scenario like this when you're um, you're just 
balls deep in your demographic. Like you go to a yeah, show and you're like, yes. oh my God, this is my fucking day. Where you're like, was this created in honor of me? Like, yeah, but yeah, just the, like, the, that's, everyone that's the guy who comes to their yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. you're like, I'm the guy that, oh no. Is this like 35-year-olds to 55-year-olds, white not 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 all male, but you know, seventy percent male. They all kind of like dressed like me. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of <laughs> overweight. <laughs> and shit like that. When I went to the the Joe Perez show last year, it was like, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, oh man, I don't want to be in my. I don't want to be with yeah, my when, people. When I went my to like, suck. when yeah. I went to the supermodel convention, I was like, oh my god, oh. there I am, I like looking into a million mirrors. So many of me here. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little much. And then at one point he goes like, which is really funny because he was probably the youngest person in the entire room. <laughs> He's in his <laughs> early thirties. And at one point he goes, "Are there any? <laughs> is there anybody from Generation Z here? No one. <laughs> no. There were two hundred people here, not a single hand." Wow. He was like, "Okay, well <laughs> then, well then, here we go. I guess." <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's got that, and the, yeah, it's, just, it's very strange. All right, I don't know. The the young people are not into SNL or impressions uh, at all. I have a very strong connection with the young people. Yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the bleeding edge. <laughs> very popular with the youth. Yeah, with the youths. You like to you like to turn around your baseball cap, sit oh man, sit backwards in a chair. I actually, and bought, I actually bought a baseball cap that has the brim on the back. Uh, oh, very good. That, that makes it much easier. You don't have to turn yeah, it around. Commitment. Yeah, and you just really hunker down there and get it on their level. You know, Shakespeare well, like turn, was actually like a I like rapper. To turn the chair around too and sit roll forward. You yeah. know, that's when you know real talks about. To oh happen. man, yeah. It's like I like I like that youth pastor energy. Yeah, oh, God. You know? <laughs> Jesus was a lot like Dua Lipa. In a lot of ways. Oh my God. Jesus was the original TikToker. <laughs> I got some Jesus ASMR for you. Doing <laughs> it's the word in the Bible. <laughs> You've got like temporary face tattoos that you put on whenever you want to get down with them. I'm on Xanax too. It's you want right. to talk about Bar- Barbenheimer? <laughs> the real Barbenheimer is the good news. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and so forth. That is that is me in a nutshell. That would be pretty. Like Matt relating to the kids, that is oh, something yeah. I would pay to see right mm. there. Mm-mm-mm. That's a show. We're going to talk about physical media. I might I might be going to the Taylor Swift concert tonight, though. God, I really hope that happens. God, I'd be so mad, but also I also hope it happens. If it happens, I will not take and pick any pictures and send them to you, I promise. Yeah. Good. Mm. No, I did. That's I just great. said that to make her mad. I just. Mm. <laughs> uh, you have to take. If, if it does happen, that's you too have many to take, people. It's like seventy thousand people. That's a lot of people. You have to take selfies. Ooh, I will. It's gotta I mean, be, I will you gotta take get your face and like somehow, like even if it's a tiny little Taylor Swift in the background, right. but just Matt's face and Taylor Swift in God, the same what frame. What would you wear? I, I need to help you pick out your era's outfit. I will be looking like this. I I have to go stay in Beacon Hill if I'm going. I didn't bring more than one oh pair gosh, of clothes for tomorrow. Such hmm. fucking. Uh, maybe I'll borrow one of Lauren's tops. You know Who what? <laughs> this is a completely great segue into our into our podcast topic of how the injustices of the world. Yes. Are just like, oh, <sighs> this is a system that Ooh. we need to fight. Injustice yeah. for all. That's In, a good title. Injustice for all. Yes. Yes. Matt going yes. to the Taylor Swift concert because there is a reference is equivalent to, to yes. all of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Injustice for all. Okay, I like it. And there's a reference to and justice for all. 
in one of these movies, and I did want to talk about that movie at a certain point. Yes, because I saw it recently. Oh, really? I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> yes. What movie? And Justice for All. And Justice That's for the, All. That's the the classic Al Pacino. You're out of order. The whole system's out of order. Yes. I've never seen it. Oh, There's Emily. Absolutely no reason <laughs> oh, to no, see. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It was a. It was quite. My a, acting so good. Only the camera sees it. <laughs> um, it's, it's a paraphrased direct quote. Yeah. Anyway, justice for well, all. What do we got today? We got 2006's John. Nope. 2002. 2002's John, John Q. Q. 2009's John Q. Oh, thank God. Law-abiding citizen. And and 2010's The Next 3 Days. Hmm. A real a real mixed bag. There's I think that there's two I think lanes. there's two winners here and one outright loser. But I think I probably like The Next 3 Days more than the both. I yet. feel like they all have a little something and yet, uh, the next three days literally took 1,000 hours for me to watch. <laughs> that one I watched yesterday morning, just like comfy in bed with the dog, and was like, this is fine. I'm enjoying this. It's, it's, it is fine. I <laughs> the like, next three days is I like definitely the, the fine. the dramatic elements of it more than the thriller elements, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Snoroboro. Snoroboro. Speaking of dramatic that's elements. Where they, that's where they thought Bin Laden was for a while, is <laughs> the caves of Snoroboro. That's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh, my God. Yeah, talk, oh, that's right. me engaging with the youth again. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Jean Q. Try to try to stick with me. <laughs> and then Jessica Chastain found out and she busted him. She was the motherfucker that found She's the, the house. She's the motherfucker that found that house. Okay. <clears throat> so let's uh let's John talk Q. about the, the drama one first. What's John Q about? Denzel Washington is a factory worker. He's losing his hours at the job. The family is struggling financially. His wife Kimberly Elise is upset. And, you know, they're having trouble just putting food on the table. This is Lieutenant Frank Grimes of Chicago Police Department. Are you the man in charge? That's right. Well, who am I speaking to? John Q. I assume since all the doors are locked, this is a hostage situation. Is that correct? Okay. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I know you do things your own way. Blood pressure is dropping fast. He's going into cardiac arrest. But I don't understand. Mike's heart is useless. He's going to need a transplant or he's going to die. They won't make Mike so sick. Transplant surgery is very expensive. We got insurance. There are no provisions in your policy for a procedure of this magnitude. All right, you want money. I'll get you your money. We've recently switched carriers. We only give assistance to patients without coverage. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Have you tried Medicaid? No, you don't qualify. My son is dying. I'm broke. If I don't qualify, who the hell does? I've done everything I can do. I'm sorry. Please. They are releasing him. Now you need to do Stop. something. Take care of me. Do something. on a new management now. Everybody does exactly what I say, nobody will get hurt. More hurt. I want my kid's name on the donor's list. This is going to end up bad for you, John. And then lo and behold. He's an all-American family man. Yeah, he is. Paycheck to paycheck, trying his best. He Doing got his, his best. He got his wife's, his wife's car got repoed. Yep. He's really struggling, but you know, they're in love. 
Then he's, then he's do like, the exposition. He's, a good dad. he's not like being a lazy dad. He's like struggling. He's he's doing his best. He's only he's, working twenty hours a week at the factory, and so his wife they 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 cover the not exposition. on purpose either. They, no, no, no. They, they, he's like, I just don't want to work a full time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wearing me <laughs> well, out. Well, he man. was, but he was full time, and he thought he would still be employed full time, even though there wasn't a lot of hours, which comes into play later on the insurance. Stuff. He thinks yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is just part of like he, this is it's going to come back, or maybe this, he's yeah, been assured that this this. Uh, character is definitely a Denzel character. Yeah. And just so you know, tonally, this movie is in our wheelhouse. It obviously becomes a, th- it is unmistakably a thriller at a certain point, but it leans most heavily on a drama. Yes. This is more of a, a, a would-be prestige movie. It's basically Mad City, but somehow worse? I don't know. It's uh, Directed oh, by God. Nick Cassavetes, so you know it could be a good drama. The son of John Cassavetes. And the director of The Notebook. Director of The Notebook. Also, the hen- the caster Troy Henchman in Face Off, the guy who says, I want to take his face off. <laughs> yeah. He's the, as a director, he is the blandest motherfucker who ever lived. Oh. Like, it's very strange that he's got that name. He's got some new movie out right now that is supposedly, like, wretchedly violent, and I really want to see Ooh. it. Okay. Yeah. That'd be more interesting than this pap. I think, it's called, I think it's called God is a Bullet. Yes, that's on my list. Wow, I heard that's I heard that it's not necessarily good, but it is like gnarly. Yeah, that's why I want weird, because this movie is not gnarly at all. This is yeah. real safe. Uh, yeah. Okay, so also we forgot that, that it actually starts with a lady driving down the highway, getting hit by a truck. This was weird, and, and uh, this was like I one of the only things. About it after it happened. Yeah, one of the only things oh, I really? thought was kind of interesting about this movie, because like at halfway through the movie, I was like, wait a minute. I really thought we were going to get back to that way sooner. It takes an hour, over an hour. I just like, also, it's totally this lady's fault that she got hit by a truck. Oh, she, yeah, totally. it's weird. Like, it's not even like a, a freak accident or anything. She she's like fucking tailgating the semi truck and then what goes to pass the semi truck on a two lane road when another semi truck is coming with plenty of room with, for her to slow down and get back behind yeah, the truck. But yeah, but she tries to squeeze in. I'm just like. Girl. And it's in like Colorado too. It looks it looks like the uh, the streets or the the roads that they're driving on the Shining. Isn't it Montana? It, yeah, it's something like it's like a mountainous place. I think it place. is Montana. So, yeah. so that makes it even more strange when we cut to the like the plot. So this lady, see, see the, knowing what the movie was about going in, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the kid's heart donor later on. I figured there, out a while. That's nothing but... else that makes any sense. Uh, kind of, it reminded me of like Seven Pounds too, where it's like I see where this is going. Oh, Although yeah. Seven Pounds, you could not possibly have predicted that he was going to electrocute himself <laughs> with, with a jellyfish, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen that movie. I have no well, idea spoil- what you guys spoiler are alert. about, but Jesus. Spoiler alert. I do love movies of jellyfish attacks. That was a movie that has really astonished people when it came out. It's, Maybe not in a good way. It's a thing. Uh, but yes, she's driving She's driving to the Overlook Hotel, apparently. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's trying to pass cars, so she, she's definitely at fault at first when she get, she kind of gets like... No, she's um, always at fault. She kind of gets spun out. And then and then there's, I swear to God, her, her car is not totaled. She gets T-boned, she's in the, she gets She's in the middle of the street and she sees a semi coming at her and well, she the semi doesn't she tried to do pass. anything. It's the guy she tries to pass. Yeah, so but it's she, right there. But she's got a good like 150 feet where this truck is coming at her and she just sort of like looks at it and blinks and the car yeah. fucking well, T-bones she's her. Like dazed from getting spun out. I suppose, I'm sure that's the idea but it's a weird, it's weird the way that the scene plays well, out. She wanted to die. <laughs> but it really, it really doesn't matter. She clearly wanted to die. I think maybe. I don't, we don't know anything about this lady and it's not important. And then it's extra weird because we're in, we're in the mountain west when this happens and then cut to, the movie takes place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is not mountainous. Well, so we've covered what's up with Denzel, but then, you know, insult to injury, then his son is unexpectedly very, very sick. His son's a little cutie. He loves bodybuilding. He... Oh, the bodybuilding <laughs> stuff is so annoying. He, his kid looks like an adult. 
<laughs> he has like a grown man face, <laughs> to be honest. It's it's kind of, it's part of the theme of the movie, I guess, because he wants his boy to be strong, but his boy's constantly going like, I want to have big lats and delts. Ugh, yeah, his bedroom's covered ugh. in bodybuilding. And he's doing like poses. He's constantly like, he's like shouting. Hey, Dad, you see what's going on out the window over <laughs> yeah. there? Like, point I'm going to take you to two trips to the gun show, yeah. Daddy. Check out these pythons at yeah. the zoo. <laughs> and he's going like, he's doing those like Schwarzenegger poses and yeah. going, Ugh, and you're like, this fucking kid is weird. It's cute. But unfortunately, the biggest thing about him is his huge and large heart. It's three times too yeah, big. Yeah, the only muscle. <laughs> the three. only muscle that's actually too big is his heart. <laughs> he's been working out that heart a little too so much. So the, they're at the baseball game. His heart was too big. <laughs> this kid uh, goes to steal second. And he just collapses, and it's yeah. really fucked up. And then Denzel runs out and ca- carries him. Everyone's like, get an ambulance, but he ends up just driving him to the hospital because he can't wait. I actually thought the line, because this is a PG-13 movie, and, and, and this is what somebody hears somebody say. Somebody call a friggin' ambulance. Oh, God. I love to call a friggin' ambulance. Friggin', a friggin' ambulance. Call a frackin' ambulance. Freaking, Such freaking a funny out thing here. to hear when a child is almost dying. Someone call it. I better watch my language, Call though. the gods damn frackin' ambulance. Call that gosh freaking freaking darn ambulance. ambulance. You frackin' freak machine. <laughs> friggin' ambulance. I didn't like this movie at all. Anyways, uh... Yes, and so he goes to the hospital, and this and this is like we said, uh, injustice for all. It's about how the system is bad. Yeah, like right and, away, they're they're in a board, like not a board meeting, but they're in like in a conference with James Woods, the heart surgeon, and and Anne Hache, who's like the basically the financial head of the hospital. Anne Hache is bitch. Anne yeah. is even more evil than James Woods. This is a movie that James like, Woods actually turns out to be kind of yeah, a good guy. You can tell this, James Woods is like, hey man, this is the system. I've worked in it. What do you, what can you do? What I don't do care. Anne Hache is almost like, I like this system. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Hage is very it, evil until maybe just the very, very end. Because this movie is well, so the only the only thing that happens at the end with the, that even remotely redeems her is she just like okay, the heart comes around and she does her She's job. She's like, I, she I will put him on the list. I guess I was joking. I was joking at first, but I'm gonna. Yeah, but I guess I will try to help this, this is child. Like, this is a movie that could not exist without. The, f- the like extreme fucked upness of the U.S. healthcare system, like Which is 100% uh, this movie true. cannot be, you know, it couldn't take place in any other country because <laughs> our fucking healthcare system is so fucked that it literally spawns a whole subgenre of thrillers where people will be so desperate to obtain the healthcare that it it becomes like a violent thriller, like a suspense film, and that in itself is so completely fucked up. There's that, I know. Yeah. I wish that, that that could be Injustice actually really all. interesting. The fact that so the, the health system is so fucked up and I have to assume at this this is 20 years ago I have to assume that it's even worse now Gosh, sure. this movie's 20 years old Jesus and everything Christ. that this movie says about the healthcare system is 100% true it, this, the, on, as far as that's concerned none of this is dated it at all no it's the same um, but the movie delivers its message in such a bland way and then the world like the, they, they hold up the healthcare system as being as fucked up as it is, and that's 100% true, but then everything else is so easy mm-hmm. for him other than that. Like, oh, yeah, he, especially he d- he if we're thing. taking into consideration race stuff, too. Oh, there God. is no fucking no, way. No, it's, that's, that's a non-entity in this movie. That's The movie's not interested in that. Uh, everybody's on his side. Yeah. <laughs> From, they all like, love With him. the exception they of maybe Anne love John Q. And James Woods is just like, look, I kind of sort of seem like an asshole, but at the same time, you know, I was a doctor at one point, and yeah. I want to, you know. I want to help he, people. He gets back to his roots pretty quick, and he and he basically, I, uh, spoiler alert for five minutes later in the movie, he takes a gun into the hospital and is like, everybody, I'm taking over this hospital, and everybody 
Yeah, he, because because he makes the healthcare system better by fiat. He's in this movie. He's in this meeting with Anne Hayes and James Woods, and they're like, "It's going to cost you two hundred fifty thousand dollars to save your son." And he's yeah, like, he "All right, transplant. I'll pay you. He needs a heart transplant. All right, I'll pay you. Just do it." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. It's going to be a seventy-five thousand dollar down payment. This stuff's not cheap." Yes. You know what I mean? And, and Anne Hayes is just Anne like, Anne Hayes is like, her mustache. Yeah, basically. she's immediately like, "Whoa, whoa! There's another option. You could Make just let him kid. die." <laughs> basically, she's like, "You, you know, we have." Pe- palliative care like we can just make him as comfortable as possible and say uh, goodbye to your son say goodbye to your like start thinking about saying goodbye to your son which is like they're not talking they're not being very sensitive to no. like talking to him and it's like he's like no i'll i'll get the money you have to like put him on the list and they're like oh i can't really put him on the list until they're- you have the money and it's like dude the we- the weirdest thing about this to me is that like uh they're they're so vile when they're discussing what to do with this boy, especially in Haiti. Little kid. Yeah, and she's like, just you know, you might want to have just get used to it. And I'm like, there's a part of my brain watching this movie going like, this is a little bit much. Like, yeah. they're yeah. being unnecessarily un- insensitive to this guy. But on the other hand, I, it doesn't seem unrealistic to me at all. But here's the thing with stuff like that: they have like special people who are like who come in to to right. actually talk to you sensitively like, about as a human this. Being, like yeah. they they are oh we're the like end of life care team and we're here to talk to you. It's not just like two people being like no think about saying goodbye to your ten year old boy. I know you literally got to this hospital an hour ago, but you're gonna have to say goodbye yeah. to your, your kid. Wife is, your wife is still pretty young. Just have another kid. Wrap and then up. there's like a just financial board. I'm not saying that the healthcare system is better than how it's portrayed here, but there are sensitive sensitivities, I'm sure, taken when it's a child. Yeah. Yes, this this movie is very black and white, uh, and it's just clear cut villains. Except at the at the end when they're not villains anymore, like it depicts it depicts this system is so uh, brutal and unflinching that only you know armed insurrection sort of action can possibly fix yeah, it. And then at the end, everybody really comes together and it gets things get real easy real fast. <laughs> like the judge, oh, I don't want to go too far forward or anything like okay. that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. So he he knows he needs to get a bunch of money because. He's like, oh, I'm covered by insurance. And they're like, well, you're not working full time anymore. So you're actually not covered as much as you thought you were covered. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll cover 20000 we'll 20000 20, we'll give And it it's to- like not nearly yeah. enough. And he's like, well, fuck, I need to do something. I don't know how. And every, they're like, basically, Mikey is going to just keep getting sleepier and sleepier until he doesn't wake up. And he's mm-hmm. already like. He's sleepy. already pretty sleepy. He's, already he's, having sleepy. A really, he's having a hard time working his lats right now in his current state. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he basically liquidates his life, you know, like he sells off everything he can. People are giving him money. People are giving him money. Yeah. I thought this was interesting because, like, it's just you know a factor of the movie being twenty years old. But uh, if there's anything dated about it, is there's no GoFundMe. That like it's you not know? so much. True. It's not so much that it's dated, like because obviously everybody knows, or you know. It doesn't take yeah, much, much does thought to know that this didn't yeah. exist at the time. But I think it's fascinating that, it, not to say things are are better. Uh, the system is obviously, I think, even worse than it was when this movie was made. But now that is an option. Yeah. And, and is there any question that they would have raised the funds for this kid now if they set up a GoFundMe? I, mean, I think it's like a hundred percent chance. I mean, they everyone get that money. loves John Q. You it's know? John Q. Everybody loves him. John Quincy like, Archibald. It's a little, it's a little kid who just needs a heart transfer. All they need on is two hundred fifty. Baseball team. They have community. Yeah, this is going to yeah. get picked up by people and retweet. Like they're they're oh, going to totally plays, raise the who money. Who is his best friend? The like scraggly looking dude. I don't recognize dude. that gentleman. He, I liked his character. He was good. In it. He was great in it. 
Yeah, he's got the only other really great performance in this movie. Although I thought Woods was fine. Oh, what about Ethan Suffley's performance? Oh, or Sean Hotosi as the <laughs> as the as the woman beating pimp or whoever he is. <laughs> the guy My favorite. Robert Duvall is Lieutenant Frank Grimes. <laughs> Robert Duvall is Grimes. barely and Ray in this Liotta. movie. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Karen. Karen. He shows up to find out who had sex with his wife. <laughs> Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta gives absolutely nothing in this movie. Although there, is, there is a good scene between him and Doovy where they're like debating how to move forward. Like, oh yeah, we're, are we going like, to go in like head to head? Yeah, they're like face to face with each other, and I'm like, this sucks. But I mean, I'm watching these two guys yeah, kind exactly. of improv this right. scene out a little bit. I'm like, I don't know. I could be spending my time worse ways. Oh, right for now. sure, for sure. <laughs> Robert Duvall and Ray Liotta really casual, <laughs> real casual in this movie. Yeah, uh, there's there, but like that, there's scenes like that where. You're like okay, at least these two guys are you know getting their get, they're having their lunch right now. This is nice. They are two two dudes who basically I'll watch in, in any way, yeah. <laughs> in especially, any way especially when they're yelling at each other in that in that like uh it's it's always in movies like this where like you know Doofy's been on the force forever and they know each other. It's like Frank, I'll buy you a steak if you do the thing. You know they're like they're buddies. <laughs> That's a good example of how tidy everything is in this movie. Yeah. This movie's about a system that is not tidy at all and how fucked up it is. Uh, injustice for all, as we're saying, and then the and so these these guys are like a microcosm of what happens in this movie because mm-hmm. Robert Duvall shows up and is immediately like an un- implausibly empathetic police officer yeah. who's like, I'm basically on your side, John Q, but you're kind of doing it the wrong way. Let's see if we can help you out here. By yeah. the way, John Q has taken, as a, as we pointed out, John Q has he's taken the taken hospital. The he's the taken ER. the hostage. yeah the ER. <clears throat> he's taken over the wing. ER. He's and, taken it over, which. Seems seems crazy and impossible, but, but it's the right thing to do. But he does it. It is the right thing to do in this movie, hundred percent. And in the and ER, we have we have a mother with a sick baby who doesn't speak English. We have a woman about to give birth with her husband. We have a another woman who has been beat by her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's like, "Oh, she got she got hurt in another way," and he's an asshole. And he's, then no, his have, excuse is, "I was drunk." <laughs> oh, eventually it was. At first, though, they were trying to say something else. But yeah, a car accident. Yeah, and, and, then there's... and then there's my favorite character in the movie, Eddie Griffin. And then there's Eddie Griffin, <laughs> who might the be ghost. a ghost. <laughs> who might be a ghost. And wait, do we even know why he's there? I don't remember. Oh, he has I don't an injury. think he has oh, a he finger hurt injury. his hand. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's they got to stitch his hand up. But like, so he the whole time he's like the one who's the most demonstrably on Denzel's side and keeps like sort of whispering in his ear a little bit, like growing his conscience and like, okay, here's the best thing to do. Gotta trust God and all this stuff, <laughs> and he and he's wearing this big crucifix mm-hmm. necklace, and uh, <laughs> there's a, after the whole thing's over, there's this shot at the end of the movie where they're like walking out of the courthouse, and he's and, in a, and Eddie Griffin in the is car. like Eddie, yeah, he's getting into a car because he's gonna because John Q. Spoiler alert, you know, eventually he gets convicted of like uh, kidnapping and stuff, so he is gonna go to jail for a little while at the end of this movie, but. Um, Eddie Griffin is like standing on the courthouse steps and he's just like, I'm with you, brother. And uh, the only thing I wanted to happen was for him to just disappear. <laughs> Wait, no, doesn't Eddie Griffin dress up as John Q? That's how he gets out yeah, in the yeah, first yeah. place, yeah. But, but I mean, like. But at the very end, in the in the place that he's standing oh, yeah, to yeah. is also kind of like it just, removed. It totally looks like he's not supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah. And he <laughs> says, You're my hero, John Q. And then he disappears. He doesn't disappear, but he should. He should have. Right. It's, it's weird. <laughs> like, or if like, they did a cool effect, like the Avengers or whatever, where like, the wind blows and it just like scatters him into dust. <laughs> but, but aside. <laughs> just like leaves blowing in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the fact that there's a 15% chance that Eddie Griffin was originally 
a ghost or angel in this movie, and then they maybe wrote it out or something like that. He's also it's also Eddie Griffin, and this movie is and <laughs> Eddie Griffin brother himself is funny, yeah. and he's just he's just only funny. Eddie Griffin, I'm sorry, he's a funny guy, and there's I don't he's I'm not gonna take him seriously. Well, they also keep doing stuff in this movie where like you know like Sean Atosi would be like, look, I was drunk, that's why I hit her, and then Eddie Griffin would be like, yeah, you drunk ass, like he'll he'll say some like shticky. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's kind of he's being comic funny. relief. Yeah, he's 100 uh, percent comic relief, and this is a movie where a child is dying. In the, in the, it's very serious most of the time, and then Eddie Griffin, Eddie Griffin will be like, "I'll have what he's having." Like, and you're just like what? <laughs> yeah, fuck. That's why. I mean, I really, so needed him, that I happened. really needed them to Tyler Durden, Eddie Griffin in this movie. <laughs> yeah. This really uh, would have been so oh, fucking funny. There's something Eddie Griffin says that's pretty bad about the about the the guy who hit his wife. He says he's. From the Slapaho tribe. From the <laughs> Slapaho. This is, it's so That's what I'm talking weird. about, man. That's and the good stuff. Half of this movie I is, love it when Eddie Griffin is gets Denzel down Washington talking to his son who, who who's going to die and like weeping and shit like that. And then Eddie Griffin, he's from the Slapaho tribe. What the fuck? It's interesting, like, the, the whole setup of this movie is how terrible the uh, the healthcare system in America is. But really, like, you kind of, that kind of gets tossed out in favor of, like, well, how's John Q going to get out of this and is he going to be able to save the kid? And everybody's going to be on his side yeah. the entire yeah. way. Everybody's pulling from him almost immediately. Yeah. So he's demanding, because he can't just demand for a heart for his kid. So he's demanding to, to get, get his put on kid the list. put on like the top of the list or whatever. And he's like, you know, this is what I've been. Yeah. He's not trying to do anything. All he bad. wants to this do is, is get on the units list. And, and then at a certain point, they're like, just tell him his kid's name is on the list so he'll let everybody go. And he's just like, lie great to idea. him. Yeah. I got an idea. We can lie to him. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. there's a huge media frenzy happening outside of the hospital, including this one guy who is uh, hellbent on trying to live stream from the security cameras inside the ER. Yeah. At one point, he goes, this is my white Bronco. This yeah, is my white Bronco. <laughs> I love it yeah, so the, much. The crappy, the crappy reporter is hilarious. This <laughs> tiny sliver of the movie where it's fully Mad City, and yeah. it's like also a little bit for the media, mm-hmm. a little bit for the media, but not a lot. This is more healthcare, and Mad City yeah. was more media. They get, but this is where we got a little sauce They get the him talking on the phone with his kid, like, yeah. pr- like on the news and stuff, and eventually... Well, then the SWAT team tries to to come yeah. in. And this is this Denzel. is a part of the, the point that I was oh, trying to make about events. about Robert Duvall and Ray Liotta and how they're a microcosm of how this movie works. So Duvall is like, "I'm here to help John John Q. I agree with virtually everything you're doing, but you can't do it, you know. So stop it." And but he's being really nice. And Ray Liotta shows up and he's like, "You got it. What are you doing here? Go in there and like fucking shoot them all." He's I don't care. His, he's wearing his uh, Karen, uniform Karen. with all of his like decorative badges and pins and we, stuff. It's so weird. He's apparently like a hero to the city. They never explain this, but he's when, the chief when, of police. At one point, he he's goes, what do, you th- "What do you think these mean?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Can I don't you tell? <laughs> like, can care? you fucking say? But like everybody in town cheers him when he. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Like he gets out and like the townspeople because we're all gathered people around. People shaking are, his hand. Who are on John Q's side, by the way? Everybody immediately loves John Q on can, his can side. Can you imagine in, being in Seattle and like at a protest or at a parade or something, and the cops show up the and fucking, people are like, yeah, stoked chief, about it. The chief of police yeah. comes out and we're like. Oh, yeah! What is this? 2002? Maybe he was in 9-11 or something. <laughs> maybe oh, that must, maybe, that that's must right. be maybe what he, it is. Maybe he caused 9-11. That might be it. No, but we were celebrating cops yeah, as true. well as fire. That yeah. must First be responders, it yeah. It still doesn't make any fucking sense. But it's specifically him, too, because it's not other cops. So he's apparently some might, sort of popular... He might have done something special. But we don't they, get they that. They never say... That nobody ever goes, here's why the people like Ray Liotta so much. And he's like totally just a If callow. Ray Liotta had been on that plane, man. Yeah, exactly. None of this would have ever happened. I would have stopped them. I would have stopped them. 
<laughs> it would have been no problem. <laughs> no problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, Everybody knows that the terrorists hate. Anyway. <laughs> and we fucked it all up. Didn't matter. Uh, so he gets out of his car, and he's like, I need you to go in there and start just shooting everybody. I don't care. You do what you got to do to take these guys out. <laughs> and Robert Duvall's like, no, I think we should do the right thing. He's like, no, I'm in charge now. You're out of here. You're relieved of your duties. <laughs> and then he sends, a, he sends a dude in, like, through the air ducts, yeah. and he tries to shoot. He tries to he take gets, out John he K. He gets Denzel John to, to uh, pick up the red phone on the opposite side of the ER in order the for him phone. to be... In order for him to be in the line of sight for the sniper. Yeah, then the sniper misses, and then John Q runs up, pulls him down. He does shoot him in the in the arm. He just yeah, he does get him a little bit, but John Q just like runs up, pulls him down from the ceiling, and then he like takes him out in, in front of everybody. He's like, "This guy, the cops sent him to try to take me out," and every the crowd's like, "Boo!" And he yeah. pushes him out with no <laughs> he, pants he, on. He, he, he throws no the the gun into the crowd. He's he's like, "Oh, this guy wasn't trying to kill me. What's this for?" And then throws the gun. And everyone's and the like, like, "Hey, wait, you don't kill." John Q. We are on his side only. Give him everything he I, wants. And I pants to this cop. <laughs> and, and then Ray Liotta, and then immediately Ray Liotta goes up to Robert Duvall and goes, Hey, I fucked up, man. You're back in charge again. Fix my problem. Yeah. The end. That's the end of that. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Robert Duvall's like, all right, and I'll do the right thing. How about that? And the people, like, all right, good. And like the media's all like, Mikey's heart, you know, the, the the time's running out to get little Mikey his heart. Like they're totally like pulling on this like dramatics, like yeah, Beautiful. and that, and that's the movie. Like, there's a problem pops up, it seems insurmountable, and then it's like, no, it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. And then, uh, well, then the Denzel decides that there's only one. He's only got one choice left, and it's that he's going to commit suicide. This is so and, weird. And donate his own heart to his son. Yeah, James Woods is like, there's no way I'm doing it. And he goes, please. And he's like, all right, I will. There's a really funny bit, though, where they're like, it's not going to work because your heart's too big. And they're like, his heart's already big. <laughs> he's got a huge heart. He's got a huge heart. So he's got room. He's got room He's got room. He actually says that. He like, literally says fit. he's got room. I don't know if that's true. I don't, if, I'm not a doctor. If the heart doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> My, my son's got a freakishly huge heart. Just stick my big old adult heart in there Ugh. and sew it into his valves, and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, the James was like, oh, okay. And he's going to okay, do it. I, I love the fact that he's still just like the, the whole way through this process is going to do it with a gun. He's going to shoot like, himself in the head. Get yeah. some towels. Well, here's what <laughs> I, I at first towels. I was like, oh, well, shouldn't he just like inject himself or something? But I'm like, you know, it, there could be. It could fuck up the heart. Yeah. You don't want to fuck He's up just the gotta heart. He's just got to shoot himself. I feel like shooting himself could fuck up the heart, too. But I really, there's, there's, there's also probably other ways to like do it better. Like strang strangle me or something. System, I don't know. He does have a really good goodbye speech with his son. Yeah. Very sweet. Which is, which is the part of which you, you're watching this movie and you're like, God, I really, this is bad. But there's just no movie here without Denzel. He completely controls it. He's doing. He's doing. You know, he might be. He might even be sleepwalking through it, but he's still just nailing it. Oh, yeah. This scene is really good, where he's like, "Listen to your mother. Don't smoke. Stay away from the bad stuff, son. You're the man of the house now, and all this stuff." And it's just like, "Oh, yeah, you're, he's like, you're killing me. You're not interested in girls yet, but when you are, yeah. like, you know, yeah. be respectful. Be respectful. Blah, blah. It's so good. And just really pay a lot of attention to the clit. That's very important <laughs> to them. So oh my God. Like you're gonna. It's not that hard to find at all. I don't know why comedians say that all the time. It's actually right there. <laughs> Just pay a lot of attention. Do oral. Definitely do oral. And look, son, every single man should own lube. <laughs> and be considerate. And get an instant pot, too, if you can't cook. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right, so this so this scene, we'll, we'll, we'll point out. Like, you guys are saying, 
<laughs> you don't have to eat the butt, but it helps. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be a lot more popular when you're a little bit when older. When you're about 20 years old. <laughs> but don't waste all your money on avocado toast, because then you won't be able to afford a house. <laughs> <laughs> remember to get a job with a 401k. <laughs> Yeah, money's important. Yeah, he does go like money's important. Like make if, money. If you, Everything's easier with money. Ch- he says. It, I actually like this part where he's like, if you have a chance to sell out, just sell out. Yeah. Like who gives it? Like it come when it comes because he's like, I was didn't sell out and I had this pride or whatever. Look, look, look where that got yeah. us. Like it's that great. sort of thing. Great speech. I didn't. I don't like think any of this movie's great. And of course, Denzel's good in it. But this is like, this is like Michael Jordan playing in a fucking. Middle school basketball game no, or something cool, like that. That's that would be exciting. cool. Would it? Would it though? Yeah, like that's he's fucking just funny. Knocking Spe- over all these children. Of Frank Grimes. Just, that would this be is hilarious. A for children. Yeah, and Homer beat their brains out. Oh yeah. Did we point out that? <laughs> yeah, Robert Duvall's yeah, name is Frank. Frank Grimes. We did point that out. Yeah. Homer but we're trying to we're trying to stay away from the Simpsons things. It's becoming a problem. That's huge though. Yeah. No, this is like one of the references I do, you do know. know. <laughs> so we can we can go there. Well, sure. I live above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. But uh, but yes, like okay, so it's this is this is using Denzel in this role. I thought that this drama was so rote and bland. That's what I'm straight saying. Straight down it's the like, middle. It's yes, like it is it's like, like Lifetime. It stuff. is like watching Michael Jordan at a high school basketball game. But I would watch that, and Michael Jordan would be killing it. Like and using he's, a rocket, Denzel is killing it here. Like using a rocket ship to cross the street. I just that I would just be fucking cool. It, I guess yeah, that's so. cool. You keep naming cool things. I don't think it's cool. <laughs> I, I just see him doing this, and I and I just keep on going. Like God, like, man, this is such a waste. It's this like is such a waste of talent. Pickleball with a fucking baseball bat. Here's, well, here's the way. Cool. I, here's the yeah, way right? I feel about just like the general quality of this movie. Is this movie to me feels like. Um, like a movie, a parody of a of a serious drama that would yeah. be in another movie. This looks like you know if someone I mean? like made a fake trailer to be in a movie, and it would be the trailer yes. for this movie. Yeah, it, like it's a movie. It's, it's a Hollywood movie about and like the main character is an actor, and he's like, I need to do this one movie. It's gonna get me an Academy Award, and then he does the movie, and it's totally fucking John Q. The plot, yeah, like the and then you see clips of it, and then the clip would look just like Denzel Washington doing this speech to his kid. That's the Oscar clip like in the Ro- fake Robert Downey Jr. guy plastic surgery to turn himself black to be in John Q. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, but it, but not in a comedy. Right. In a, it's like in a drama movie like that, that thinks it's saying something about Hollywood or whatever. And then you see this clip and you go like, that's not actually good. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Why can't movies like simulate movies? Everything accurately? about the movie sucks, but I think Denzel is just like, yeah. he might be asleep at the switch, but man, asleep Denzel is better than you get I agree. with just that's about true. anybody else. I just, I just felt like it was, it was wasteful. And, and Denzel will it do... It is wasteful. Famously, Denzel will do some bullshit, but it's usually like kind of genre-y bullshit, and yeah. he's like, you know, <laughs> he's, he's Book of Eli, or whatever. Which I also like. And yeah. you're like, whoa, Denzel's blind and fighting people and shit? Like, that sort of stuff. And this one, it's just this Denzel bland, this super bland, like, lifetime caliber yeah. drama type oh, yeah. stuff. It's indefensibly bad. It's a yeah. stupid movie, but anyway, everything works out in the end. It really, really does. Yeah, right before he's going to shoot himself after he asks for more towels. This well, is a, I also, this is I also like that uh, he's about to shoot himself and he, he pulls bullets out of a little th- pouch on his on his belt because oh, the, yeah. the gun's been unloaded the whole time. And they're like, wait a they're minute. They're like, John Q, you didn't even you have son bullets. son of a bitch. God damn it, you are the fucking best, man. And then he I'm tries so to you... shoot himself and the safety was on, but he literally Yeah, he does pull he the trigger. This is so fucking shameless. I cheap. thought that was great. I was like, It is almost like so unbelievable. And cheap that you kind of go yeah. like, well, that's amazing. At yeah. the same time, the woman who was hit by the car at the beginning, they get her heart, and oh, his name, the kid's name was on the top of the list because Anne Hage like had a change of heart at the very last second and actually did put his name on the list. 
and they call, and oh, this was so doesn't, stressful. Doesn't, wait, doesn't the male nurse that's like with the kid have something to do with that? I don't remember. Because there's a guy who's like with the kid the whole time, a yeah. nurse, and he like I remember there's a scene where he's like he gets some piece of information, he's rushing out of the the hospital room, and he's like, "Hold on, we got it." Yeah, he's, yeah. He's supposed to be. The Everyone's exemplar. talking to everyone except for Denzel, and I'm like, "Dude, hurry!" Because yeah. he's gonna shoot himself. He, he he's supposed to be the exemplar of what's good about the healthcare system that yeah. there are people who know what they're doing and are trying or to like fight for people's lives. Yeah. You know who else is also an exemplar of what can be good about the healthcare system is E from Entourage. That's right. Who we forgot. <laughs> To mention That's is right. Kevin Which Connolly, the director, director, director of Gotti. Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the, the 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 nurse in the ER who's got like the the crew cut and the Brooklyn accent. And he's like, he's oh, like, you're yeah, the yeah. one who was beating that girl. Yeah, you know. And then like the like baby James face Woods, looking one. Yeah. James Woods will be like, hey, the system's the system. What are you gonna do? And he'll be like, no, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's bullshit. And John Q's right. And I'm glad he took us all hostage. Yeah, yeah. all the hostages, meanwhile, have become uh, just love John Q. They hail sinky yeah. syndrome instantly because it's Denzel, and he just basically doesn't have any flaws as a character. What if this movie was like that show Jury Duty, where like everybody's an actor except Denzel, who's yeah. real, who really thinks he's taking everybody hostage. Yes, it feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody so on board? And, and at the end, it's like, surprise, your son wasn't really sick the whole time. It was a joke. He's even friends with Outside Providence by the end of it, who's the guy who beats his girlfriend. Sean Atosi. And it's like, you're the asshole, actually, Outside Providence. And then by the end of it, he's like making jokes, and Outside Providence is going like, ha yeah, I love John Q, too. I, I do like the part where, his, where his girlfriend beats the shit out of him, takes her blonde wig off, and yeah. kicks him in the ball. Yeah, you always yeah, make me good. like a Barbie all the time, or yeah. whatever. And that's fun. It's pretty funny. He gets his come up and maybe grows a little bit as a person too yeah you know just like all him, of us after his, having watched his, this movie and his dad alec baldwin from outside <laughs> profits <laughs> oh boy <laughs> this is all very related everybody's seen that a hundred times right come on but they give the kid his heart yeah he gets the lady's heart and he's gonna be okay and this is very suspenseful it's all like last ticking second clock, type stuff yeah. ticking clock yeah and then all of a sudden you they like nudge the heart and then it starts pumping oh, yeah, yeah full on full on Heart, open heart surgery on this child. Yeah. Like, you see everything. And at one point, this can't be right. I don't know. Again, not a doctor. Uh, I know I know. It seems otherwise, what, but... That they have to flick the heart. You remember, when, you remember right? when they give the... I don't know. That might... That, I would assume that's got to be true. Like, why would you include that otherwise? Yeah. It'd be so weird. But they give him the heart. And at one point, they're like, it's like a one doctor handing a heart like to the other doctor, but he squeezes it kind of, just like in the process, and it really looks like a dog's chew toy. <laughs> it looks so rubbery, and I'm like, are hearts hollow? Like what? What I didn't what I didn't buy really was bakey. that was that like they hook the heart, you know, they they sew the heart up and like it's in there, and then they flick it and it starts beating, and the kid's fine. I'm like, I feel like it wouldn't start beating right away. You'd have to keep him on a machine for a while. What about the nerves? How does it work? I'm yeah. not a heart surgeon. Yeah, if, if, if any heart like surgeons are listening, uh, let us know how yeah. heart surgery works. Yeah, explain uh, it to us on in, Twitter, in, a, in one DM sentence, or one something. or two sentences only. How heart surgery heart surgery works. And then, and then Eddie Griffin and Denzel Washington switch clothes so that Denzel can escape. <laughs> the guy, but the person they, who, Eddie Griffin's body type is so nice. I know, immediately so I was Denzel. like. It looks like a child yeah. coming out with like a hood over it and you're yeah. like, that's John Q for sure. It's definitely John Q. And there's a funny shot him. where like Eddie Griffin is in the back of the squad car driving away and, and, and Doovie sees him. And Eddie Griffin's like, ah, it was me, Eddie Griffin, the whole time. And Doobie's like, ha you did it, John Q. John there's like, there's I just love a John twinkle Q. in Eddie Griffin's eyes. Yeah. As, yes. as he sprouts wings and flies so back to easy. heaven. He's 100% John Q's Jiminy Cricket in this yeah. movie. But then it, it doesn't so end there, easy. though. We have to go to court. 
Well, they also Doovie, so they so Denzel gets out, and I, I'm pretty sure he knows there's he's, he's going to have to be arrested. There's some interesting both sidesism in this. Oh, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, but like he go, but this he only gets out for the express purpose of seeing the surgery. Yes, alongside his wife. Yeah, he gets out uh, just for the express purpose of going to see the surgery on his son. I think he knows that he's going to have to go oh, to jail at some point. He's, he's, not, he's not like, and then we'll go to Mexico or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, do, he was ready to die, so he's fine with going to absolutely. jail. Absolutely. So he sees his son. They flick his heart, and he's like, yep, yeah, my son's going to be okay. Everything I did was right. There, there's barely any like moral. There's like at one point earlier in the movie, someone goes like, "If this, if we let him get away with this, then everybody's gonna do this all the time." Eh, who gives a shit? It's <laughs> sets, fine. Sets a terrible precedent. It does set a terrible precedent, but it, it's like, but he's right. And then Doobie like shows up at the hospital and he's like, "Well, hey, John Q, you sure are a great guy, it's but you know, go. you're gonna, you know, why don't you?" He, he goes like, "Why don't you put the hands?" Yeah, he's on literally yourself? like, "Here, take your time. Put these. <laughs> <They> <laughs> take love, your time." Everybody loves him so much. It's like you're getting arrested. He's literally like, "Take your time putting on yeah. those." Cuffs. They're like they love our friends. There's no reason we got to be uh, antagonistic because, about any of this because stuff. Because everyone has respect for John Q. God damn it! I He's a I may family not, man. I may not 100% agree with how you did it. Actually, I 100% agree with how you yeah. did it too. He's but. a family man. He's a working dude. Like I said, Denzel Washington is truly the people's princess in this movie. Mm. Yeah, at everyone's least obsessed in, with in him. In Mad City, like John Travolta was like. Uh, was like stupid. Yeah, he was supposed to be dumb. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he had like some defects, and this he's just it's just purely heroism, and it, like if it had been done correctly, he's like if this movie had just been done a different way, I'm totally on board with like making this person who does yeah. this against this system and how fucked it is. Like it could have, it could have been really interesting. It's and funny too. Cause when you texted me about mad city, it was right during a scene in this movie where Doovie was like doing some Doovie stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, it was like zipping into a parallel universe where Doovie was also in Mad City instead of, of like Hoffman or whomever. I've never and seen I was Mad just, City. And I was I just like, wait, was Duvall in Mad City or am I like in a fucking parallel dimension for a second? <laughs> Did I just like have a stroke? So, and then you texted me and you're like, this is kind of like Mad City. And I'm like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. There's one extreme similarity with Mad City that we'll get to at the end. Oh God. Uh, it's incredible. Um, but yes, Doobie's like, why don't you put the handcuffs on yourself and you can drive the car on our way to the precinct. <laughs> and uh, and then he, he's got, he's got to go to court and the judge is like, is, I am so sad to say this, John Q, because you're practically a brother to me and I love you dearly and I would have done exactly the same thing as that you did. We all in this room would. They're like, yay! But I'm going to have to find you guilty on 700 counts of kidnapping. You kidnapped an entire building of people. You're going to go to jail for two years. Three hours. <laughs> yeah. And no, they, everyone they, he kidnapped or everyone that was held hostage was in the trial of the courtroom, and they're like they're like crossing their fingers that he won't be convicted guilty of holding person. them hostage. And when he is, everyone's like, "Dah!" Every single person is on his side. They, not Stockholm a single syndrome, one. The baby. woman, the woman who can't even speak English, learned how to say John Q was a good man. That's right. Like she's uh, one of the first people that gets released. Uh, he he releases her. Like, what if there'd been a bar, part where, like, you know, he gets he gets convicted and she's just like, wait, what happened? She's yeah. like, <laughs> somebody tell him what's going on here. She's like the lady on the train in uh, Taking of Pelham, just a drunk, drunkenly asleep the whole way through. Um, but like, yes, she gets she gets released. Denzel releases her mm-hmm. earlier on in the process, and then she just comes out, and they're like, "Madam, uh, what was John Q like?" And she's like, "The greatest man I have ever known." And they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but anyway, so like, yes, he's got to face a, she a slight amount of justice. John Q. Th- yes, exactly. I think that wouldn't be surprising if that oh. happened at all. Baby Johnny Q. Junk. Johnny. Johnny. Junkie. Uh, 
And and so he's gonna he's gonna get a little slap on the wrist, go to jail for a, probably only probably a like, few months, probably like eight months. Yeah, with like community service. Because you know he's gonna be behaving good in there. He's they want him out, out there doing behavior. community service because he has that that good attitude. Well, there oh, should yeah. there should have been a sequel where he takes the prison hostage to pr- protest the the state of the carceral situation <laughs> in America. John Q two. Yeah, John Q two. Even the warden's like, I gotta hand it to John. Uh, he's Q. the best teammate right. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> All, He's all right. the prisoners are like, release him before me. No, release John Q. We all love him. Even the serial killers and whoever, we're all on his side. Yeah, uh, It's fucking crazy, He takes man. death row hostage to protest the death penalty. I would watch. I, I would watch. watch that shit in a second. But anyways, they do this fascinating, f- hilarious thing where like now it cuts to like media coverage. And it's like, oh God. John, this incident with the greatest man on earth, John Q, has uh, triggered a conversation about the healthcare system in America. And some of this stuff is uh, original stuff, like Jay Leno. Yeah, Jay Leno. Oh, Jay fucking Leno, who got... is in Mad City, yes. talking was... about, he's like, you know, uh, have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Uh, man, this John Travolta in Mad City? So he, in this one, he's like, yeah, John Q. And amazingly, like in, in Mad City, Jay Leno has a joke. I can't remember what it is, but he tells a joke about it. It's like a full-on joke. He's like, eh, John Travolta makes uh, <laughs> like the <laughs> makes the Grain Santini look like oh, the, whatever. The, the I don't know. No, no. Uh-uh. He tells some sort of joke, but in this one, he goes, "Hey, you know, I see this. You hear this? John Q. Uh, you know, he took over the hospital to save his family." That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno gets no joke or but anything. Then, they like, show, he's just then there's actual archive it. stuff, too. It's like Bill Maher with Ariana Huffington and this Ted is, Demi. Everything yeah. comes from this Bill Maher. Yeah. Everything comes from one episode of Bill Maher. It was like a production assistant was tasked with finding uh, like a collage of footage, and the person like dr- was dr- drinking the day that they were supposed to do it, and they yep. did it all in one morning, found one episode of Bill Maher where <laughs> Ted Demi and Ariana Huffington are on it. And it's, what it, what's funny about it, too, is like Ariana Huffington is expounding on the injustices of the healthcare system, and Ted Demi clearly asleep. <laughs> He looks pretty he looks, He's like, can somebody shut this bitch up, Do you please? remember how he's described in the uh, graphic? Hip film director or hip, something. Hip indie director. Hip indie director. Hip yeah, indie Demi. film director. And then we also see Larry King, the only two people who are actually, like, got, you know, lines like Jay Leno, and I think Larry King's all, hey, John Q, how about this John Q, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then everybody else, it's just clearly archival footage from this one episode. They should have, they should have had, like, Carson Daly on TRL or something oh. like that. Like, <laughs> they should have had. This, and this one goes out to John Q. <laughs> hey, Paul, you hear about this John Q thing? Hey, Paul, John Q? John Q. You know, you should have had instead of John Q, Chong. <laughs> Butterfuco. Butterfuco. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. But then, <laughs> but then and then this is how the movie ends. Top five things that John Q John, did in the hospital. Top five hero <laughs> hero things that John Q did. Oh my uh, goodness. But like the last thing that we see is is um, you know, a John Q being gently put into a car. He's being wheeled off to prison to, to serve like a couple hours, probably. I would assume and he's, he's there out. to meet the prisoners and shake their hands, and then they're gonna get, they're gonna put him back. And his kid, who's now fully ambulatory, like comes up and is like, "Hey, Dad, thank you." Oh, and then he does the he does. The and blow. then when he's driving away, he goes, "Because huh! he's stronger <laughs> now." Because he was like, "You're gonna get a new heart, and you're gonna be stronger." And then he does the body build. I thought but that it's, was sweet. I, yeah, sure. I just uh, it's still very it silly. Me. It got me. I was laughing, just like. <laughs> and you're like the end. John Q drives the off into the of sunset. <laughs> what a picture! <laughs> I'm uh, fine with it. America. I liked, I liked it all right. Uh, very silly. Uh, let's see if we have any. 
any good lines at all. What we hold sacred, what we hold sacred in this country, isn't values. It's value. Mm. Seems to me that something is out of whack, not someone. That's just that's probably like what? Robert Duvall saying that, or so, someone who's supposed to be an antagonist. Um, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and this is Anne Hache being uh, being villainous and also giving Hacheful. you R.I.P. By the way, R.I.P. Anne Hache. I mean, it's not her. Problem. Not her fault. The, not her fault. She's the character's perfectly, written this way. She's perfectly great in this as like a total whip, like mustache twirling villain. She's and then fine. by the end, they're like, she's like, also, I would like to help him. Even me would like to help him. She's right. like, all right, I'll put him on the list. Um, but she goes, uh, <laughs> does a little eye roll. Okay. Okay, fine. gosh. The fact is that there are 50 million uninsured people in this country. If you'd like to change it, call your congressman. Yeah. Uh, and then she might as well like, look, with that. look right at the TV and say it, too. Like. This is all stuff that I thoroughly like. The movie's right on all the things that it's saying, but it's just so direct and so I did, bland. I did about call it. my congressman. He said, "Too bad." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you gonna fucking do about yeah, it? What are you gonna do it's about more it? More complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, this is Eddie Griffin. Just another another one of those Eddie Griffin lines where you're like, "What? What is this doing in this movie?" Where he just like out of nowhere, he's like, "Hey, John Q. I just wanted to say that you're a beautiful hero, and I agree with everything you're doing." Or whatever, and then he goes, now let's get a bucket of chicken or something. <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah, because everyone's hungry. Great. I like the part where, where uh, Denzel only sees one set of footprints behind him because Eddie Griffin was carrying him <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> this is Robert Duvall when he first shows up. It's a Saturday. <laughs> And they're and they're like Anne Hache is on vacation or something like that. Vacation. She's not even, she's, oh. she's on vacation. Hey. She's not even here. And he goes, Jesus Christ, doesn't anybody work in this hospital? And then someone goes, It's Saturday. And he goes, So what? People get sick on Saturdays too. Oh God. <laughs> like, thanks. Speaking, speaking they, straight they, from they my heart. Work. Yeah. They can't work twenty four hours a day. They're gonna. Thank God for Robert Duvall, huh? Very weird. Uh, they describe. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, you, you might imagine why I find this uh, amusing, but like, this is when they're in the hospital, and they're telling him w- the deal with this with this kid, and he he says a couple like me- medical type things the doctor does, and then he goes, his heart is three times larger than normal size, and Denzel says, could you say that in layman's terms? <laughs> like that was pretty. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty. <laughs> He's like, uh, remember the Grinch at the end of how the Grinch stole Christmas? Yeah, the, the Grinch would have needed a heart transplant. Uh, when he <laughs> gave would, the presents back to Whoville, that would actually his heart actually grew yep. three times. <laughs> and then and then he says, would you say that in layman terms? And he goes, Mike's heart is useless. <laughs> like, well, you didn't have to be Bad. a dick about in it. In English, professor. <laughs> it's useless. Uh, that's good enough. We all we all get it. Uh, ratings. I didn't give this two Juds. Solely for Denzel Washington, and just the general like absurd lifetimeish quality of the whole thing. I found it terrible, but not boring. Uh, no Douglases. Yeah, come on, come on. And what are they gonna do? Get some boobs into this? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, ten out of ten. Uh, ten out of ten. Ghosts of Eddie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> You're my hero, John. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you. I'm sitting here watching this movie, and that, that last scene on the courthouse steps, I was like, come on. Just come on. Do it. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but please. You're an even greater hero than Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. <laughs> I'm his boss. Uh, I, uh, before, before I do my ratings, I did want to point out that the reporter's name in this movie, the, who's there's some non-entity. Is Deuce Chip Bigelow, male gigolo. It's Tuck Lampley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. What a name. I love that name. Tuck Lampley. Anyways, I'm going to give it two 
Judd's. I'd like to go lower, but again, it's all what it wants to be for the most. It's just just such a bunch of bland, uh, easy bullshit. Like it just yeah, like I said, it feels like a lifetime movie that inexplic- inexplicably has Robert Duvall, Ray Liotta, mm-hmm. Denzel fucking Washington in it. Like what? How did how did this happen? It's very strange to me. Uh, zero Douglases, and uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten hearts that are three times too big. Mm. No. And useless. <laughs> 10 out of 10 useless hearts. <laughs> it's fucking useless. Okay. You're up. I'm going to give it three Judds. I did like this movie, uh, but I do think it definitely hinges on Denzel Washington's performance because no one else really gave anything. But, you know, I I still feel good about the three Judds. I'm giving it zero Douglases, and I'm giving it five out of five shiny stars on Ray Liotta's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell do you think I got these? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Like, please, give us context to why you're so important. <laughs> Explain why people like you so much. doesn't make any sense. Once again, don't forget to check out his memoir, Ray Liotta. Wrote, his book, wrote the book Who Had Sex with Ray Liotta's Wife with by Ray Liotta's wife. He never got to the bottom of it. And that's the greatest tragedy. <laughs> it is the greatest tragedy. So that's the greatest injustice, really. That's a goddamn Speaking shame. Speaking of injustices, let's move well. on to our second movie. <laughs> Clearly the winner, in my opinion. Of this episode, highly, yeah. re- highly recommended this movie. The, the the unconscionably stupid and incredibly entertaining <laughs> law-abiding citizen. I did like this one. Yeah. Go wash out for dinner, pumpkinhead. Okay, I got it. Get out of here! What are you doing? Come on! The Shelton case. Where are we? Let's make the deal. They killed a little girl, Nick. Some justice is better than no justice at all. You need to tell the husband. No, I don't understand. With Darby's testimony, Ames will go to death row. What? The jury's gonna believe me. The deal is done. I'm sorry. This is just how the justice system works. Execution has turned into something out of a horror film. The machine was corrupted. Who could have done this? I killed your friend Ames in prison, but I wanted to keep you all for myself. Your heart is beating so fast. Me too. Oh my god, this is like the fourth time I've seen this movie, and it gets better every single there's time. There's such I watch it. there's just random little bits in here that are just great. Absolutely. It's very 2009 for sure. Yes. For certain. Absolutely pretends to have an actual point of view about vigilantism or whatever you want to call it, actually has none. But it might be so stupid that it un- almost unintentionally makes some interesting points sure. about the genre that it is. That we, it's also, we also get a little late 2000s torture porn in there for, oh, just for man. me. You know? I, shouldn't, I shouldn't like this movie. This this is, this is movie has a, a lot of edgelordy stuff in mm-hmm. it. Um, it's very, like, like Emily said, very 2009, ext- extremely 2009 in a shitty, shitty way. I mean, it's, it's aggressively stupid and douchey but like it's man it's just got a lot there's it's just has a lot to offer the, there as i'm as i'm occasionally fond of saying there is nothing like a like just insipidly violent piece of trash to restore your your faith mm-hmm. in cinema yeah this is just like and if you get gerard butler in there oh. and he's got to do an american accent so fucking good it's 
This was his chef's kiss. It's total chef's kiss. Gerard Butler, man, what a fucking guy. I love that man. I don't know how this happened. Jerry no, Boo Boo? Nobody yeah. in the world The has, Butler did it, people. Nobody in the world has <laughs> ever been worse at doing an American accent, and Gerard Butler does them exclusively in these these movies. It feels like it's crazy. I, that, I love that man so much. I will watch yeah. literally anything he's in. He's he's so fascinating. Mm. Like, he's not good looking. Like, I don't want to get into like. I, I think, think that's. He, I think that's in dispute. I don't think he's not good. I think he's good looking. It's just he's just very. He just looks like an ordinary lug. And you uh, ever hear him talk in his actual accent? Yeah, oh, it's he's, great. He's, he's great. He's that's the why. It's, that's man why it's so crazy. And he's Mike Banning. Uh, What's that mean? From he's from the Fallen's, the oh Has Fallen's. God, that's right. If you ha- listen, people, if the, the famous if, character Mike. Banning. If you can, if you can hear my voice. Yeah. And you haven't seen London Has Fallen. This is one of the worst pieces of trash I've ever encountered in my entire is it a life. Movie? It is so fucking good. I would say you can kind of skip Olympus Has Fallen. I think you can too. skip the other two. I mean, I enjoy them both to one degree or another, but oh my god, London Has Fallen, insipid. Oh sure. Uh, but and like, but if you didn't know it wasn't, if you didn't know it was serious, you could be forgiven of the thinking it was an intentional parody, mm-hmm. just without jokes. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking funny. It has some of his greatest. I mean, there's the part where he kills a guy, and he's like, "Go back to fuck Hedistan. We have I to. Do, we have not... to do it on the podcast on some one of these. We've podcasts, got to figure it we out. We talk well, about it a lot. There's three of them. so yes. Why don't we just do all three for one of the podcasts? Oh. I, I did oh not God. know. I did not know there was three of these movies. I only knew about Olympus Has Fallen. There are. <laughs> I think my, that we should. In my opinion, there are only three of them. There should be five or six of them. <laughs> yeah, we should. Well, yeah, we'll, think, we'll think about that. But Jerry, Jerry Butler is just like is so unique. Like the thing that he has to offer is is so fucking unique. I mean, it's it's probably at its peak in London has fallen, but also Den of Thieves. Oh, I where, love Den of which Thieves, which is almost like because like the London has fallen. Like uh, like Matt said, the enjoyment is a little bit more ironic. Den of Thieves is like good. Den of Thieves is straight up good. Is straight up good, but but still a B movie. It's like yeah. hard to explain, and he's like good but bad. It's it, like the Gerard Butler thing is so hard to. It's so palpable. Bill Gabriel so, wrote a really good piece about it in, in Vulture. Oh, last really? Year. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I also recommend Geostorm. Oh, where, so good. Where, did you see? Did you see um, uh, Greenland? I did. Yes. Oh man, they're making a sequel to that. <laughs> Jerry, it's it's such a specific, simple thing, but it's also like. No, ain't nobody else got there whatever was, was Gerard that, Butler's got. There I don't was know. that one where recommend how there to was train the, your uh, dragon. The Jerry Butler <laughs> breakdown <laughs> ripoff from a couple of years ago. That I was got... good. Uh, I can't remember what that was called. Oh, the movie I told you to watch for Rom. The yeah, Ugly the Truth. Truth. It's bad. Yeah, but I, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Does he have an American accent in that too? I don't sure remember. He but he's like, a piece of shit. There's also another one with him. In, isn't there one called The Bounty Hunter that he's into? Yep, with him bounty? and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, maybe I'll do that one instead. His, of course, Plane. Oh, Rain of Fire's on my list. Oh, I love that movie. I did that on Viva. Plane. That's probably why it's on my list. Plane was great. Plane. I loved Plane. Uh, he's he's fucking great. I, I, I think that we should that we should do the Has Fallen's. I think that would be a really right. good episode. Well, anyway, uh, but you know what's also a really good movie? Law Abiding Citizen. And honestly, this is kind of close to peak Butler too. Mm-hmm. He gets to do he gets to do it all, baby. From director F. Gary Gray. <laughs> F. Gary Gray. What the fuck? <laughs> shh, shh, shh. So weird. Uh, okay, so this will this will give you kind of an idea of. What kind? What year this movie came out, and what kind of attitude this movie takes? Because the opening scene is Gerard Butler. Oh, you God. get like three minutes. He's home with his maybe family. Maybe two minutes of like bliss. We are hit with a 
brutal home invasion. Yeah. yeah. Just total bliss. I'm I am American for sure. And uh, me and my wife love each other. And uh, is that what daughter, you think he sounds like? That's what he sounds like, like to me. <laughs> I was he's, like, what are you doing? He's a Scotsman trying to do an American accent, and then the, it sounds like some other like alien. It sounds like he's talking somebody... with a bunch of like pudding in his mouth. And 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 he also like hangs it on like a kind of like because like we've talked about before, a lot of times these a, a lot of these Australian and English accent uh, actors, if they're not all that great at doing or not, not all that comfortable with the accent, will hang it on something. Yeah, like Ewan McGregor like turns his voice up a register. A lot yeah, of yeah, they have Russell something Crow, to hold on to. Yeah. Russell Crowe, as we'll talk about in the next one, like always goes to a New York. He's always like, because he's mumbly, because he's so mumbly, anyways. And I'm kind of sound like I'm from New York. Yeah. He does like that kind of. Yeah. He, he, he rounds it off. Uh, and Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler just, just sounds like, like blah, other, blah, blah, blah. an other an other accent. <laughs> it's like you know how they make up accents for science fiction movies for like alien yeah, cultures. Sometimes it's like doing. that's what it's that's what it sounds like to me. Like oh, I'm definitely no, I am from Nashville, Tennessee, or whatever. <laughs> And he's just he's just the weirdest guy in the world. Oh, and he's and he's like a big pudgy dude, so you know I love that. Um, I think he's a cutie. I I also like how how we kind of only gradually find out about his his uh, superpowers that lead to him being such a great law-abiding citizen. Oh yeah. Um but anyways, it's it's family bliss and uh and him and his wife and his and his daughter little girl. Couldn't, couldn't be happier. And so 2 minutes of this and of course, just a, a crew of the the most disgusting thugs in the history of the world. And break we never in. find out why they're doing this. I think that this is just crime. It's just like yeah, they're just cause, criminals. Because crime. Yeah. yeah. And Cause the, there's, cause well, there's I thought a, there was going to be a tie-in when we find out like who he actually is later, but then it's just like no, these are just like some some hooligans. <laughs> jumping jumping forward a little bit just to address this issue. There's a scene about 20 minutes later where like the two guys. So the two guys that uh, that do the home invasion. The guy who's like not the terrible cool guy, like yeah. he's he's the, they're both awful, but he's like less the one who gets less pinned evil, for the but he, he gets they, pinned, yeah. he gets it all pinned on him, and they're executing him, and this is sort of the start of Jerry Butler's revenge. But that guy like dies in this horrible way oh that's God. not supposed to happen, and he cuts to his partner watching this on the news, just <laughs> chuckling. <laughs> I, I'm even more evil than he was. I don't even care. I'm I think the it's real funny. evil yeah. one. They're just, yeah, they're just bad bad men. They're just cartoonish villains. It's but, great. But what they do, and we, fortunately we don't see this in too much detail. Detail, but it gives you an it's idea of the brutal. kind of tenor that this movie has is they rape and murder his wife and daughter well, they sh- and they, little daughter. They like, yeah, sta- they like stab him. Yeah. And then as and he, and he she's goes, dying, uh, he, goes, he like, so he he like rapes fate? her. He's like, you can't fight You can't fate. escape fate. Yeah. Or you can't like that. fight fate. That's yeah. what Rupert Ames, who is the main ba- bad guy, says to him. You yeah. can't fight fate. Which, what? And Well, <laughs> so, yeah. he's so evil, he's a supervillain, and he's got a little catchphrase. He's got it. Yeah. So, the, you know, he stabs them, and then he goes in the back room, and he's like, I'm good with kids. I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to rape and kill your wife and little daughter. Like, this is real evil stuff. So if the system weren't gonna, were, was not going to send these people to jail, surely we could all agree that that would be a broken system. Yes. Well, would you believe? That- so, but what ends up happening is like Jamie Foxx doesn't feel like he can prove. Jamie Foxx is like an, uh, an upstart in the DA's office. Yeah. And he doesn't feel that he can prove what really happened, so he manages to cut a deal with the worst of the two guys due to some star chambery type yeah, legal some, rigmarole some yeah. bullshit. Because that he's I, like, that I truly if, don't believe exists. Because he's like, if we had to take both of these guys to trial, there is a possibility that they'll both go free, yeah. and that would be worse than actually just ex- executing one of them. And you know, it's it's not it's not t- terrible thinking, 
but it's not what Gerard Butler wants to hear for sure. Because right. he he wants no, no hear my story. I want to go to trial. I want to get on the stand. I want to tell my story. The jury has to believe me, and therefore both of these people. But that's a very idealistic look at the system. Yes. Which also, we see is quickly dismantled. I am no proponent of the carceral state. But one other thing that this movie doesn't deal with at all is the idea that maybe the state also shouldn't have the legal authority to take anyone's life. Right. No, right. no, 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 no. In this movie... <laughs> I mean, lock them up forever. And at least sure. Gerard... Uh, They're Gerard, evil and they absolutely deserve to die, but come on. In Gerard Butler's stance, these people should be torn apart by hooks in the city square. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a slightly different sensibility. This is like written by John Milius's even more fucked up like cousin or something Oh, did like you know that. his daughter is insane MAGA? Not, like his not daughter, surprising. His daughter is like Q-pilled. And he's still alive. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's not that's not even remotely surprising. Um, but yes, uh, but that the, then again, there's some some parts of this movie, even as much as it goes into that, where you kind of go like, is this movie maybe not believe this stuff? Uh, the, I don't know. I think it. I think by the end of the movie, it's like, well, what he did was terrible, but only because he attacked Jamie Fox. Right. Maybe if he'd, if he'd stuck to bad guys, I think we can let it go. Well, well, it might not. Be. It, movie, it might just be too stupid. The movie is to actively be. taking glee in what he does to like the criminals. Kind of, but it's also so gross. Everything, yeah. like the stuff that he does, and it's supposed. I feel like a lot of the time the movie is going like, "You want this, huh? Well, how about this?" And then it's something fucking disgusting, and then and I'm, you're like, I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. It's like this is basically what you're on board for if you like this kind of shit. And you're like, some people might be like, "Oh, actually, God, yuck." I mean, we'll get to it, but he does some pretty nasty things. And to uh, some and people who don't deserve he it, fully, for sure. He totally becomes evil. I mean, he is evil. <laughs> he's, he's fully evil. Well, it's by like the, end the of whole it. thing is he was driven to this because of the like terrible, terrible shit that happened to his wife and his daughter. That's why it's got to be so extreme. And because he was already of a violent and skilled individual, because we learn of his background, <laughs> it was amazing. it was Super very gizmo, uh, easy for him to go either way. All right, so so they're getting through this real quick uh, with the, him dealing with the uh, how fucked up the now system now is. Now it's ten years later. Yes, and, if, and he has to take a tiny bit of justice instead of the real justice that these people deserve. He doesn't care for that one bit, and he's mad at Jamie Foxx, but then it then it just cuts to ten years later, and I always love that in a movie mm. where it's like, whoa, ten years later, yeah. shit. And they do, but don't worry. They don't try to do age up anybody. No, they're not fucking around with any of that. It's all the same. Uh, Everything looks the Jamie same. Jamie Foxx is now like basically the assistant district attorney. Yeah, and he works in the DA is fucking Bruce McGill. Uh, <laughs> yes. And who else is? There's another guy who works with them. Uh, fuck, who is it? It's Colm. Colmini, that's right. Oh, Colmini yeah. is the head detective. Gregory Itzen is also in this. Yes, movie. and he's yep, and he's great. That's the evil president from Twenty Four. Oh, season five. The greatest season television ever. Um, then, uh, and also, I think it's Leslie Mann. No, not Leslie. Leslie Bibb is the uh, Leslie Bibb. Is I the wish other it was girl. Leslie Mann yeah. instead. Leslie, Leslie Bibb from Talladega Nights. Yeah, is is the uh, is the his like like his his, she's his, his like protege. His, protege, his yeah. protege. She's nice, and so, so that's why. Uh, but it's she gave very up. Bad. But she gave up so much. Yes, she yeah. did. Because she's thirty-five, so she's old. Yeah. And if she's gonna give up all this stuff and be thirty-five without having a child, oh, uh, then she wants to make sure that it means something. Uh, and she's and she worries about like there's a funny what Jamie Foxx really stands for. There's a funny for. scene where like Jamie Foxx is like, I gotta go to work. 
and and his wife and daughter are like, okay. And then his wife is like, also, you better come to your daughter's recital. And he's like, I thought you were going to get the DVDs of that. I can't go to work. I'm busy. I can't. I've got to go to work. I've got to lock up the bad guys. And his daughter is like totally fine with it, which I thought was funny because it, it's never She's that like, way. You're, yeah, you're locking them back. You know, it's yeah. classic cop movie shit. Like the, the daughter's got a recital. He can't go to the recital. And the wife is like, well, all your time you spent at work. Well, the, you know, that did you, stuff. Did you like how uh, at the end of the movie he does go to a recital? It's clearly <laughs> not the same. One, <laughs> but it kind of makes it seem like this was an all-in-one day movie. Yes, because if he if that was the same recital, like cause some of the events that happened in this movie, you're like, they didn't cancel the recital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some shit's really gone. <laughs> Haywire in this town. Yeah. And it's not like he's just going to work, you guys. He can't go to the recital because he has to be there to be one of the witnesses to the finally the execution of Ames, which was or the other guy, Darby. Rupert Ames, Darby. Is the Darby. Yes. Darby, who is is after 10 years on death row, absolutely ridiculous, is finally (laughs) being executed. And him and his uh, protege, the other lady that works with him, are going to be witnesses to the And she's all like, I've never been to one of these. How is it? And he's like, I just watched somebody fall asleep. You kind of get used to it after a while. It's not a big deal. Which is how it should have went, but 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 it doesn't. Things are starting. Well, first the guy is is like, I I shouldn't have been there. What what, what happened was terrible, and I should have never been there. But also, you're putting the wrong man to death today. I'm the less, yes, you're putting the wrong man to death. I'm the less evil one. Rupert Ames is the evil one, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Time for lethal injection, and they've just like in uh, in Dead Man Walking. There's there's a little group of witnesses, and he's on the little um, crucifix gurney thing, and then they start injecting him in the fluids. But because uh, something bad has happened, because Gerard Butler, well. Well, so it turns spoiler. out, spoiler alert, that Gerard Butler has tampered with the, the poison. Because <laughs> he's a genius. Because he's a genius at murdering people. I think he put just basically like sulfuric acid into he the... He put something gross in there, Because yeah. everything's automated. Yeah. Do you remember? They're like, this stuff's all automated now, and that's how he, he was able to do it with computers. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a big computer where that puts the poisons in the things? Well, also, I, I mean, we, we do find out later that he has an extensive system of tunnels underneath the prison, so <laughs> he probably could have snuck in there and done it. He sure does. He tunneled in to prison. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the guy is like, ah! And they're like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Of course, it goes this way all the time with lethal injection. Yeah. Which is an f- interesting little detail that the movie I, is I do not like how everybody in. stands around and lets the guy like like completely th- like thrall, like enthrall in agony. Yeah. And blood's even What's like, like coming, out coming out of him. <laughs> and, and like, it's like they get, they get like 30 seconds of that before somebody's like, hey, maybe something's wrong. And they're like, shut it down, shut it down. But it's too late. He's already totally dead. Yeah. And then and then you get, you get a <laughs> shot of... They make the... Jamie Foxx is, oh, we forgot. We forgot about something. Oh. The the bad guy's lawyer is there. And he's like, he was a Night Eyes 3. I yeah. can't remember the actor's name, but he's been a ton of shit. Sometimes I can remember his name. Other times I can't. He's always playing a skeevy lawyer. Yes. And the first thing that happens is when they sit down in the witness booth, he looks at the sexy assist, like Jamie Foxx's, like Leslie Bibb, and he's like, hey, your legs look really good in those uh, stockings there. And, and she's like, ew, gross. And Jamie Foxx is like, what are you even doing here? <laughs> and then the sleazy lawyer is like, well, I just figured somebody ought to be here for him. He didn't have a family. Uh, and you're like, okay. But then, <laughs> but then when shit starts to hit the fan... Jamie Foxx's assistant, uh, like another guy is there, and and Leslie Bibb is like freaking out, and Jamie Foxx is like, will you just get her out of here? Mm-hmm. It's kind of embarrassing. It's <laughs> not making the system look very good right yeah. now. So that's really funny. That's really funny. And then, and so Rupert Ames like catches wind of this execution, and you see him, like, and he's free as a bird, like in a safe house somewhere. Or whatever. And he goes, it's nice when the system works, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
just pure evil. Um, and then there's there's a funny scene where Colmini is like they're outside the prison and they're like trying to figure out what's going on. Colmini's doing his guy his shtick from Con Air where he's just like, eh, you know, telling jokes about what happened and stuff like that. Colmini, it's really funny. Colmini makes it a long time in this movie. I think he might make it to the no, end. No, he, he makes it. He makes it. It's so weird. Yeah. Because oh, there's a big body cat in this movie mm-hmm. and you're just like they're gonna. Well, okay, well, well, I don't want to go good too far. Stuff. You just want to go. You just want to keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Skipping ahead in this movie. Well, Colmini wasn't involved. He, Colmini was never a target. He wasn't involved in the initial situation. Yeah, I situation. guess he's kind of new to this whole deal. But anyways, we, we, we see Rupert Ames like in his safe house, probably yeah. doing something evil. I can't remember. And then he gets a call from a deep, you know, a yeah. person uh, with a masked voice. Strike three for you. Coke on the table, bitch on the floor. Yeah. He's got like a lady. There's a lady a, a asleep on a mattress on the floor. On a mattress. And the guy's like, what? This guy can see me? And he's like... Uh, he he gets him away from the cops because the cops are gonna. Invade he's like his the house. cops are coming, you know, like, and then he starts to hear the sirens, and then he's like, okay, so what I want you to do is, uh, get you know, get out right now. The cop, the cop sitting next to you in the cop car has been tasered. Well, for, well, first, <laughs> what I like is like the cops show up. The guy makes a break for it, jumps onto the roof of his building. First thing he does is open fire on the police. Yeah. I'm like, interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's uh, evil. He's evil. Yeah, he just wants to kill somebody. <laughs> he just wants to kill. He's like worse than Mr. Blonde. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and he, so he's, he's running around, and and, uh, and then the guy on the other end of the phone is like, okay, drop the pistol. And the guy, he's like, what are you talking about? Drop the pistol. He's like, you fired six shots. What, did you bring extra bullets with you? <laughs> and, uh, and so he does that, and he's like, okay, so go into this abandoned factory. There's a cop there. What? Oh, no. And he's like, don't worry, I tasered him. But he'll wake up in about 90 seconds, so you better get there fast. And he goes, and he finally gets into the, he finds the cop car. There is indeed a passed out cop inside, but... This got me somehow. I don't, this got I can't me, ex- but I can't obviously it. it did. And he, uh, ta- and he takes the cop's gun. Wakes the cop up. Wakes him up. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait, oh, I'm a cop. But uh, guess who it is? It's Jerry Butler with, us with a fake mustache. But I didn't find, I didn't recognize you didn't him recognize somehow. Him? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't either, you guys. <laughs> I was like, he just, totally he just has glasses and a blonde wig on him. For some reason, I was and like, oh, fake, some cop. And a fake mustache. It looks like shitty in retrospect. Yeah. You guys, I know I texted about this. This movie, I feel like, is so comic booky, like Batman-y. There's disguises. There's underground tunnels. There's, oh. there's chases. He's there's Batman. It's absolutely... There's villains. There's breaking out of prisons. It's just like so, so like er, not like Nolan Batman or anything. But I'm talking about like like, like Schumacher, Batman. Like R-rated, Batman. It's like an R-rated Schumacher Batman. Yes. It's, it's also what if Batman was the Joker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I think that's either one of those is the premise that, that this movie was pitched as was either like. This is R-rated. We're going to do the R-rated Batman. They won't let us do it with the actual property, but here's the same deal. Yeah. Or what if Joker was the Batman? Those were, either one of those were probably the pitch for this. But uh, what ends up happening is that uh, he's 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 spiked the well he's he's booby trapped the pistol the gun. <laughs> That he that he his, the he's booby trapped the cop pistol and it's got all these little needles inside the grip, yeah. And uh, and Ugh. and the and the guy's like paralyzed now. He's like that uh, that tetrodotoxin I put in you. It's like a puffer fish toxin. Yeah, he like, this is he after like he's driven him out to a field. Unclamps his hand. Yeah, and it's got all these like needle marks he's, in it. I don't know. He's he like how we didn't know. So you're gonna be there. you're gonna now he's now he's jigsaw. He's fans for oh, also man, I was, saw. I was delighted. And he he's like, like you'll be paralyzed, but it. you're gonna feel everything. It's I was that, like, let's fucking go. The yeah. famous, let's see the what famous movie drug that paralyzes you, but you feel everything. We all know that one. And and so he takes <laughs> him to an abandoned factory and like straps him into a fucking jigsaw Dexter fucking rig. And this is where you're like, yeah, this is 2009. 2009. Yeah. And 100%. he just and he just starts chopping him up. 
This is for your penis, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> and then he starts dropping him up, but he goes into a lot of detail about what he's going to do to his dick and balls in particular. He, we know, and well, we hear this, and we hear this wife, several times. Oh, sure, kids. for sure. Uh, we hear several times that he saws his dick off, yes. like with a saw somehow, apparently. Well, I think a it's like a, the, like we a don't, circular He's saw. got that, too. We, yeah. we don't really, I guess, to the movie's credit, it gets pretty gory, but we don't yeah. really fully see. Like, like, it would be hard to cut off a guy's flaccid penis with a hacksaw. Just no, you pull like, it tight. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> no, you it here. No, and here's how you do it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pull it tight. Pull it tight. Get a piece of hedge clippers and just do it quickly. <laughs> yes, well, he doesn't want to do it. Quickly. I know, but it just doesn't seem like it would be that efficient, as long. But like that's what, what what I think is interesting about this is that it's full on like disgusting yeah. serial killer like Jason Voorhees type stuff where he is butchering. He cuts him into what do they say like fifty that's pieces the, no, or it's, something it's like, like that. It's like twenty three pieces. like he was sliced into twenty three pieces. They cut his eyelids off. Oh yeah, it's really funny. It's like it's, this is fucking disgusting. Like psychopath, insane person type shit. Like Charles Bronson wasn't cutting ha- wasn't hacking people's dicks off with ha- and like just soaked in blood. He was just like shooting people and like that's yeah. that's what I call justice or whatever. Like <laughs> this guy is soaked in blood. His brain is fucking broken. Yeah. He's like a complete maniac. Uh, and I found I found that to be interesting because otherwise it's so the same fucking vi- sure. like vigilante revenge thing. But then it's just bathed in blood to a degree that I don't think most people <laughs> would be like. And it's That's not, cool. And there's more than one time in this movie where Gerard Butler is covered in just another person's blood. Bathed yeah. it in blood. It happens twice at least. And it's just like God, gnarly. Uh, so they, he's, he's butchered this guy. They find they find the body, and it's like, well, well, somebody's doing this. Somebody's getting revenge on these guys. Who could it be? And immediately, thank Doi. goodness, thank the, thankfully they're not complete idiots, and they're like. Pretty sure it's Jerry Butler. And they found him on a property of Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it turns out all, they, they like do some pretty good legwork. They got enough to arrest him on, and search his house, which they do immediately. They all go to his the house and arrest him. Remember? Do you remember how, what he's wearing when they when they show up? Nothing. Yeah, he's butt naked. <laughs> yeah, we see his butt. Yeah, Gerard Butler. We see his cute little Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. Ah. But they they arrest him and they get him and they they get him in the box. I'm wearing my birthday suit. And, uh, over. and Jamie Foxx is like, we're gonna need to, we're gonna need to get your statement. And he like basically confesses, but not really. Yeah, he's like, did you kill them? So and he's stupid. like, I would, lo- I, I would want- have loved I- to have killed them. Yeah, he's killed- like, he was like, I wanted to kill them so bad. And he's like, okay, so, blah 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 blah. Did you like, so how'd you do it? And he's like, oh, I imagine doing it in so many different ways. Yeah. And he's like, well, I got you. And then he's like, actually, I didn't really say that. I know. If <laughs> I didn't you actually say go back and think uh, about it, this is what I said. Yeah. I, hun- I 100% killed him. In my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> LOL, JK, JK. And he's so obviously doing this. And Jamie Foxx is the fucking, like, DA of the city. And he's yeah. like, we got him. And he's like, uh oh, go back yeah. and listen. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, we got and then, and then, uh, well, then the next thing is there's a bail hearing. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and, and, and it's I, the same judge as before. It's I the same judge. And, uh, and first, Jerry Butler is trying to, uh, argue that he should be released because he's not a flight risk. And then, but then Jamie Foxx puts forward his argument, and it doesn't le- it doesn't look like it's working because Jerry Butler is like acting as his own counsel, and he's really studied the law. He's a fucking genius. You he's know, a someone's genius. a fucking psycho when they act as their own counsel. Yeah, and and the judge is like about to agree with him, but then Jamie Foxx yes. pulls a little, you know, tries to get the other side of the argument in, and Jerry Butler just like intentionally loses his yeah. temper, and he's like, "Judge, you're a stupid bitch." Well, Jerry, this is this is he literally says that. 
this is this is what he says. Yeah, he's a fucking little stinker. He goes first. First, he's like, Shut "Well, actually, up, judge. if I may quote the uh, Smith versus Barney of 1973, uh, this is blah blah blah." And, and the number. judge is like, "Actually, he's right. I'm gonna agree with him, and I'm gonna side with him." And he, then he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You think Hold I murdered here. someone? Yeah. You're gonna let he me goes, go? You were about to let me go. Are you kidding me? How misguided are you?" I feed you a couple bullshit legal precedents and you jump on it like a bitch in heat. Ugh, and then ugh. at a certain point, he goes, whatever happened to justice? I bet you take it up the fucking ass, bitch. <laughs> Gerard Butler, our hero, says that to the and judge, I the really, lady judge. I really enjoyed um, every time he would say something really inflammatory like that, like call her a bitch or whatever, it would cut to the judge, whose eyes kept getting wider and wider, <laughs> and every time he would say that, she would go bang, 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 bang on her gavel, like as if that's yeah. going to do anything. Because not only is Gerard Butler trying to get revenge on these people, but he's also trying to prove just how fucked up the system is. Mm-hmm. If they won't put him in prison, obviously they're not going to put a real murderer in present, even though he is a real He's murderer. He's totally a real murderer. But man. like, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Earlier, I don't know if you guys mentioned when I was in the restroom, but um, at the trial, at the very beginning of the movie, Jamie Foxx was like, it doesn't matter what you believe, it matters what you prove, prove in court. In court. Mm-hmm. And so Gerard Butler, when he's doing this whole gotcha thing with Jamie Foxx, is also like, you know, you once told me, it doesn't matter what you believe, it matters what you can prove. And so he's kind of, he's playing this fucking, he's playing like three different games here. Yeah. 4D chess, for sure. <laughs> this is all part of his plan. So now he's in jail. and there's He's only in jail because he wants to. He, no. and oh, they, the jail is very much part of his plan. And they put him in jail with the guy who's not Jason Momoa. <laughs> but, but it lives <laughs> but, in the same but family. But plays him in law-abiding <laughs> citizens. It is a Jason Momoa type, uh, for sure. I mean, he looks exactly like Cal Drogo. And he's like, I will give you a confession, Jamie Foxx, if you get me this... This bed. I really want this bed. It's a really nice bed. It's a good lumbar support. You can, you've seen it on TV. I like I like when he's getting put into his cell with Jason Momoa, and, and Jason Momoa is like, nice bed. And, J- and Jerry it's Butler goes, it's a single. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, I'll get you your confession, but also he's pulled another fast one with this judge. Somebody's kidnapped the judge. Not the lady judge from before, but different guy. Different judge. Uh, he's the lawyer. He's, he's the, the lawyer. He's, yeah. the, he's the uh, Rupert Ames's lawyer. Yes. And this is like, I will give you his, I will give you him. He's got X amount of time to if live. If you give me the it, bed. And he, and it, well, he also wants a steak. Yeah, he was given the first confession for the bed and then he's like, actually, I'm not done yet. This guy who's been missing, I know where he is, but I need a 20 ounce steak from this restaurant and everything that comes with it. You know, like asparagus, I guess, palm fruits, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Ma- f- lobster macaroni, et cetera. Green beans. And, uh, and so they get, him, they, get him, they get him the food. And they deliver it in like this, like those silver like platter things. There are like, like six silver tureens They could have like thrown it in like a styrofoam thing to make it not he as didn't, At no point did he say, and I want it to be in the, the silver fancy restaurant I want, the, wa- I want the waiter to shake my hand to wear his white little waiter <laughs> I d- suit. I do like what he, uh, he, makes the, he makes them tip the waiter 30%. He's like, put your, put 30% of yourself there, my, my man. <laughs> my good man. Uh, and so he's, and he's like eating this fancy meal with, with Jason Momoa in there, and he's like, hey, man, come here. Come on, get some steak. You want some of this? You want some of this lobster macaroni? And so they start sharing it. 
And then uh, and I, I would also like to point out that this is the kind of movie that it is. Like this inmate, they've got to make sure that we know that he sucks too. Right. And he, but there's not much time. So basically, like the first thing we hear him say is like, "Hey, you fuck with me, I'll fuck your ass." Yeah. Like, all right. So check, he's bad. Yeah. So whatever happens next, we're okay with. Yeah. And then he's like, "Why don't you sit down next to me and uh, eat some of my fancy food?" Why, there, he does not ball. sound like that. That's exactly I, what he sounds like. <laughs> you started. You started with Richard Nixon, and now we've gone somewhere else. I'm from America. <laughs> He's like, sit down, he's some butthole here. <laughs> you sound like the guy from Men in Black when he puts on the human suit and <laughs> yeah. pulls it back. The Edgar suit. Sugar water. I feel like I feel like you're into uh, uh, Giovanni Ribisi as Richard Nixon territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Exactly. But I mean, keep going with it, but though. It's, it's fine. It's, it's accurate. It's just like a lower register Giovanni Ribisi. That's all it is. But that's what he talks like. That's exactly what he talks like. Uh, so then, but then he starts. He starts sharing uh, his meal with uh, with Cal Drogo. Meanwhile, they're they're finding the guy. They're in a f- another field yeah. somewhere. They they they're find. Looking, they're like looking for the judge. He's given him like the coordinates or something yeah. like that. They find him in a hole. Yeah, but he's dead. He's dead. They, even though he had like yeah. oxygen on. It well, tri- well, it turned earlier, off at one fifteen. Earlier, he said like, "I want my steak by one o'clock. If I get you know, then I'll give you the location." But the steak was late. Mm-hmm. Well, the steak wasn't late. The guys were like process scanning it and scanning it and scanning it. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx is like, well, we're on his timeline. We should probably like really be on time. And they're like, he can wait for his fucking steak. And that was their big mistake. Because yeah. it turns out that the that the guy's air ran out like five minutes ago. And they just He's missed dead. him. He's dead. But he was a they shitty he was a shitty him. craven lawyer anyways. Yeah. Representing a, a guilty person? Who not does in this that? country. Yeah, not in America. But and then but then dur- during all that, Michigas <laughs> Well Jerry Butler has palmed the T bone in his steak and fashioned it into a shiv, and he just fucking shanks Cal Drogo in the throat. Just, this is the goriest part of the movie. destroys him. Like over and over and over and over. Yeah. And this is again the second time in this movie that Gerard Butler has been bathed in another man's juices. Because in the in the scene where he's dismembering the guy, that's mostly off screen. We yeah. don't really see much of it, and this is just him stabbing the dude. It's yeah. like full on two thousand torture porn. Eli Roth. Like. We we also forgot the part where he sends a DVD of him ch- carving that guy up to the to the daughter. She yeah. thinks it's her recital DVD, and she puts it on. Her mom's like, you got to wait she for needs- daddy. And she's like, no, I'm putting this in the DVD player. That's that, that's one of the many th- parts of this movie where you're kind of like, that's f- how could nobody could justify that this. You can't justify that. Yeah, you could justify sending it to Jamie Fox, right? But and it does, and it's not like the little it's girl accidental. Didn't do anything. Like Gerard Butler hears that, like my daughter see that, and Gerard Butler doesn't go like, "Oh shit, that I didn't mean for girl, her to see that." He's as like, as a father, as a used to be father of a daughter, he should be a little more sensitive. That yeah. Little, also, that little girl was not born when this started. Absolutely. Yeah, she was. And the, the, wife belly. Was, the wife was pregnant. Yeah. And he hears the and he hears this and goes like she needs to basically like she needs to hear uh, see how bad the world is or something like that. But I he's I, unperturbed by this. The only thing missing from this was that the DVD didn't say Ola on it's it. Ola, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's got Penelope Cruz getting chopped up. Basically, instead. Jamie Foxx and his wife have to be like, look, it was just a really well made. It was yeah, a really it was horror a movie. movie that's very, only for grown-ups. Very kind of simultaneously amateurish and extremely well made yeah. horror movie. Uh, and the daughter was like, why would you cut his dick off when it's limp? It's weird. She saw a guy get his dick sawed off. All right. I feel like it would be easier to cut a dick off limp than hard. I don't know, man. Never having cut anyone's dick because off. Because it's you like more, mu- I mean, <laughs> it's. I feel like it would just be like tougher to cut through when it's hard. <laughs> You get that saw, and there'd be way more blood. I yeah. think it's yeah. If you used an actual like but wood it, saw, but if it's flaccid, then you just like pull it, and it's just like it's just like rubbery. 
He's got the he's got the little. There's metal. only one way for me to find out. Yeah, he's got the little bones. So Join I our Patreon to see me cut off dicks hard and flaccid. <laughs> Legally, we're gonna do it in international waters. Under five dollars a month. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazingly cheap for this sort of thing. Uh, Dude, in international waters, <laughs> yeah, we're on a little boat, <laughs> and that's gonna be four fifty a month. <laughs> we're not even gonna charge. We're not even gonna charge real Silk Road prices. Nope. Uh, but yes, so. Okay, so he shows him the thing. Now he's in jail. He's in jail. He's in jail, and he killed his, his cellmate, he and so they put cellmate, him into solitary. Put him into solitary, and this is, of course, all once again, part all part of his plan. And now they're starting to finally do a little bit more research into him, which I feel like they maybe should have done earlier on. And Jamie Foxx is like, well, like, everyone's kind of on Jamie Foxx being like, well, why are you even still looking into this? He's in jail, you know? Like, he's in jail now. We don't need to work. He's not our problem anymore, which is, again, about the system mm-hmm. being fucked up because even if he's in jail he's still like uh, affecting all these outside things and then the mayor is super pissed too the mayor is really pissed who is she who's that actress uh it is regina regina hall oh yeah yeah regina hall she's super pissed she's like how do i have someone in jail affecting the citizens of of this place philadelphia she's actually some of her stuff with jamie fox is really cracking me up because everything that happens in this movie is comic book shit it is it is completely unprecedented any all of the stuff that gerard butler does is like this isn't stuff that happens ever and she's going like jamie fox how are you letting this happen fucking deal with it and jamie jamie fox is like what how does anyone yeah how does anyone let this happen teach this This Um, what are you talking about also another very 2009 thing i want to point out is that uh not only does gerard Butler asks for his steak, but he also needs an iPod. And there's that scene, <laughs> that scene where you see like one of those old iHomes where you'd set the iPod in in front of the speakers, and yes. it's just like blasting metal music. Yeah, they're playing Eminence Front, which I think is the Who. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but they're playing. No, that. but then the they're playing that when he's butchering the guy. Oh, yeah. wait, really? Yeah, I thought I think they so. turned in because the guy picks something. He like puts on metal music or something at the very and end. Then, yeah, it switches. Yeah, They're yeah, playing yeah. Eminence Front and then it switches to metal music when he starts stabbing yeah. him. Very cool. Very 2009 once again. <laughs> uh, around this same time because like we're fully like this is a, a total Joker plot. This mm-hmm. is like the Joker's plot in um, in The Dark Knight where it's just like it seems like it's a bunch of chaos but it's all kind of connected. And uh, the judge the judge says this right before she is taken out with an explosive in her iPhone. Oh my god! <laughs> or it's probably not an iPhone. Two thousand nine. I don't. I don't know the the timeline. It's just a cell phone of some kind. Could have been the goes, early iPhone. Yeah. The thing that she says immediately before this is like, in my experience. Or no, sorry. She goes. That's the benefit of being a judge. You can pretty much do anything you want. And then pff, her head gets blown off. Yeah. And they and like Gerard Butler's not fucking around. This is the sort of thing that I feel weirdly nostalgic about in that if they did this now, they would just be a CGI blood splatter type yeah. thing. And they, in this one, they do it in a cut. Like yeah. a, a, you can see it, but it's also a pretty good cut where they like, she they cut to another shot of the same thing and they've rigged up like a, a squib inside yeah, her head. It's just that. like seeing something that just that simple. You're kind of like, aw. I missed seeing, <laughs> I, I seeing know. horrible stuff yeah, like that. Right? I'm, I'm done. <laughs> um, we also find out at this time that Gerard Butler isn't just a a normal dude, which everyone could probably kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. But he was a he worked for the Department of Defense as like a secret like killer tactician expert. His specialty like, was low impact kinetic operations, which basically means gadget killing. Gadget, like killing from afar, like killing, not like, not personal con- combat. You know, 
He's a born tactician. Every move he makes, it means something. And then this is the guy who was like in the uh, the special forces with him at the time, and he says, "If Clyde wants you dead, you're dead." Like, if he started up a plan, it's already too late. Because he's the best. He's the best gadget killer guy of all time. And he talks to Jamie Foxx again, and he has another another demand. He says, release me and drop all of the charges by 6 a.m., or or I kill everyone. (laughs) And Jamie Foxx is like, well, that doesn't make sense. Obviously, I can't release you and drop all the charges. There's no way you can kill everyone. But still, they all stay up. They stay overnight at their station or whatever, and they watch the clock slowly going to 6 a.m. Sorry, I was I got up for a minute. Did I miss Michael Kelly's scene? Is that Mike, the guy who's talking about how awesome he was? Yeah, in the like he, made, he made a tie that killed a dude. Right. And where did we talk about that tie last? The in the last fucking episode. Whoa. What a coincidence. Yeah. Only like, this one doesn't cut your head off; it just suffocates you. But it's the same thing. But the he, way he describes like, it. If you, if, if, if he wants, his name's Clyde. Yeah, if, if Clyde like, wants you dead, if you're Clyde dead. Wants you dead, you're dead. Yes. So good. But he goes like, one time he created a thing that was like a polymer wire, and it was attached to a, a little monofilament thing. cable. A hundred percent the Bolito. I didn't even catch that. Which was just the last episode. So That's this had, crazy, this has man. A, this has a snuff DVD and a Bolito. If anyone else knows any other it movies does. with Bolitos in them, please let us know. Yes. We'll cover them ASAP. <laughs> That's amazing, and it might cut your head off if you. It depends on if it's the director's cut or not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but sorry. yes, that's the classic stuff. And now they know. Now they know like exactly how how deep shit that they're in because he's the greatest gadget killer of all time. And then did yeah. they go to the graveyard yet? It's it's coming up very close. Yeah. The judge, so the judge is dead. That was hilarious. Where she's just on the. She's on about to pick phone. up the phone and then poof. <laughs> he says he says at uh, if you don't get re- release me by 6 a.m. I'll kill everyone. Everyone. And he's he, uh, he for a second you're kind of thinking does he mean like he's gonna blow up the world? Like I know he's I was literally like, gonna kill because he is comic booky. And you know Jamie they all know the context of like who this guy is and how how calculative he is and so. Even though, largely, they're like, He's, he can't kill everyone. They're, a part of them's like, well, let's hang around and see. Like, let's let's all be, like, ready to go if something happens. And that clock scene is so funny because, like, they're, they're at this time, they're really buying his shtick. Yeah. Now they're fully afraid of him because they really think that the moment that that time something comes. Something will happen. That they're all going to just die somehow. And it hits six. And as soon as it hits six, they're like, all right, let's go home and get some rest. Even though it's, it's like one of those things where I watch movies and people are, like, hiding from a bad guy, but they only hide for, like, one second after he leaves and I'm yes. like hey wait there for a few hours yeah the same thing I was like well hold on I don't know if he meant like six exactly like just hold up you know yeah. but they don't and uh, they all head to the parking lot to Let's go, go home. to our cars and you know what never explodes certainly cars. in movies is cars okay so let me let me ask you guys a question so uh, there's there's a, they're going out to the parking lot and the and Leslie Bibb is like I'm really wondering if all this was worth it etc and so forth yeah at that point, now I had seen this before, but I wasn't, I didn't remember fully. At that point, did either of you wonder maybe she's in on it? No. No. Okay. I was, I was at like, that, at that point, I was like, she's dead. Because it's before we realize that he's been getting in and out of the prison. Yeah. So we don't know that he's got the tunnels going in and out of jail. And uh, they've been saying, like, he's got to have an accomplice. Yeah. Because then, because fucking, because yeah, fucking Viola guesses. Davis shows up as the mayor. Uh, Regina Hall. Is it re- no? It's Viola Davis. Is it Viola Davis? Yeah. Is Regina Hall and something else? Uh, and and she's like, you have fucked this up. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's mad. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Jamie Foxx is like, he must have an accomplice. And she's like, I don't fucking care. 
Um, so I was yeah. like, maybe, maybe, because like she'd said before, you know, how she was feeling ambivalent you about the that system. She might be the. I thought that she might be the accomplice, but then no. I mean, right away, oh, Regina Hall is also in the movie. It's Viola Davis is the mayor. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who's Regina Hall? Isn't that the wife? Yeah, she's the wife. Okay, there we go. Um, but uh, but then as soon as that happened, she gets in the car and the cars start blowing up and there's this great shot of her like all the other cars are blowing up and I'm like, why that. don't you just get out of the car? She could. She tried. Weird. No, she don't. You don't see it like locked. You don't see her like struggling. Yeah, she, you do. She, At the very, she like tries to. She reaches over and then she reaches over to the other door and they won't open for some reason. I guess they no. won't open or something. It, I didn't it notice is, that at all. It takes her a long time to start. Do, I don't know. It's, it's but anyway, weird. she gets blown up and you find out because yeah. of course at this point they were at least checking the cars like maybe underneath with the yeah. mirror or something and he put this fucking motherfucker put the bombs in the gas tanks mm. where the they, only don't place they don't check the only place they don't check for some reason <laughs> they should check they should check it uh, must be a tiny bomb but yeah he has kind of killed everyone mm-hmm. uh, well no Bruce McGill is Bruce still McGill alive Bruce McGill is still alive for now uh, Bruce McGill gets killed by the ultimate gizmo so now we're in a cemetery Mm-hmm. Is this where Gerard Butler's family is buried? I believe so, yes. And they're still and they're kind of just sort of like he must have an inside man or so. They still haven't figured out quite what the deal is and how yeah. he's able to do this stuff and they think I thought that he was maybe somehow controlling all the gadgets remotely from inside the prison cell or something like that at this point. It's yeah. like his gadgets are doing it. Those are his accomplice. Yeah. But it's not quite that not, not quite, quite that, that absurd somehow. Yeah. But it's pretty absurd case in point this yeah. scene at the cemetery. Uh, where he <laughs> has fucking SUV drones with Gatling guns. Yeah, this was so cool. But it's a yes, it's a it's, it's a, a, a remote ground, control a ground drone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got a he's got a little tank. He's got drone. a battle bot that he yeah. rolls in there. Yeah, <laughs> which is just and like nobody saw. Where did he hide that thing? <laughs> it, I love it. But I love it the that they don't time. show where it comes from. It's just sort of there. Well, I, mean, I feel I like mean, I've I, seen a movie with this type of shit in it before. <laughs> There's been some this these like things a, have, uh, like a car coming out and then automatically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. It's been in there, but also like I feel like well we don't again we don't know yet that he's coming in and out of prison. So <laughs> it's it's, right. it's 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 plausible that he like you know drove drove it there and dropped it off and went home. You know. Also, Jamie Foxx is in his own house and he's looking around and he finds a picture frame that doesn't have a picture of his family in it anymore. It has a newspaper clipping of him shaking the hand of that one yes. murderer. Mm. So this, I didn't even think about this until now. This means that Gerard Butler was leaving the prison then also going into Jamie Foxx's house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. He's very busy. So It's quite the plan. And like... They don't have a camera on this guy. Like, what's going on? How is how is he get? Because it's not like he's slipping out for a minute or two. Yeah, he should be under it's, surveillance. It's, it's this the is, system. He, he did get himself put into solitary confinement. Solitary, that was one of the reasons why he killed Jason. Solitary Maloa. is supposed to cover all this. It's supposed to be like, well, he's in solitary, so there's no way. Yeah. And we're there, I guess there's no camera in there because it's solitary. Yeah. I think that that's just. And they never to... they never check to make sure solitary is like <laughs> secure ever. Yeah, does, he, should, he should have a little Ferris Bueller type gadget that like whenever they slide the food into yeah, his thing uh-huh. or whatever is like a, a gloved hand like grabs it like swings and grabs yeah. it and like a little rat is powering it or something somehow. <laughs> I don't know. So everyone's fucking dead now, and Jamie Fox gets prom- he he tries to quit. Basically, to the because the mayor's all pissed at him. He's like, uh, "I resign," and she's like, "Yeah, fucking right. Like, I don't think so. You're gonna be your DA now, bitch. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're in this. <laughs> yeah, no escape. Uh, we we this get is a, your mess, and now it's definitely your mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a certain point, we get uh, Gerard Butler doing a kind of like iconic speech sort of thing. The camera's like shooting him from below, and he's like, "This is von Clausewitz shit. Total fucking war. Yes. It's gonna be biblical." 
and uh, led to me reading the Wikipedia for that guy. <laughs> von Clausewitz, lots of von Clausewitz, <laughs> who apparently believed in total fucking war. Apparently, that's his that's his whole deal. Politics by other means. He's pretty severe. He says some pretty severe stuff. Justice should be harsh. Uh, in my experience, lessons not learned in blood aren't worth much. That's a good one. Uh, he says stuff like that, so he's like fully moved into like even a little bit beyond Milius type yeah. type uh, retribution type territory. He's been he's been his brain got fucking destroyed by the horrible yeah. thing that happened to of him. Of course, and that's his whole deal. His tenuous grip on reality was severed permanently. But at this point, and uh, and it's uh, not insignificant, Jamie Fox and Cole Meany, who makes it to the Still end, alive. incredibly. Um, they, they realize that he has like a special shop type area mm-hmm. and then they're like, but we don't have the, but we don't have the, uh, judge's permission to go into the place or whatever. And Colmini, this is very pointed. Yeah. Colmini goes, what about his civil rights? And Jamie Fox, who's learning finally, goes, fuck, fuck his, his civil, civil rights. rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Fox. So fucking badass. And this is apparently the... Apparently, this place is very close to the prison because, I mean, he's tunneled into every cell. Mm-hmm. They get into these tunnels. He's, this is what he's been, He's had 10 years, of course. Yes, he's been working on this for 10 years. That's why it's very important that it's 10 years. But he has tunneled into every yep. single cell, and, the, and then they're starting to figure out everything. His final, or at least as far as we know, his final play is he's going to blow up City Hall. Mm-hmm. Very Jokery type thing to do. Yeah, he also has this crazy, like, villain lair, too. He's got a villain lair. <laughs> With, <laughs> with a, like disguise, he's like a closet full of like <laughs> costumes yeah. and he's disguise. The du- he's the Duke of disguise. <laughs> he's gonna use maglonite, which is like a kind of super. That's uh, the stuff napalm. that they. No, that's the stuff that they're mining on Pandora. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this so year, Batman-y. Chief yeah. Hunter be this year is maglonite. We got this out of a whale's brain. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen to what he actually sounds like because now I'm like, oh yeah, he totally sounds he doesn't like. Sound that. like Just go kill all those blue monkeys. I don't care. <laughs> I want the Maglonite. Briacon's brain has the Maglonite in it. <laughs> it makes rich people live forever. Uh, okay, so I don't deal with... Okay, so, so we're, we're pretty close to the end here, actually. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that the scene with the with the dr- remote drone thing that takes out Bruce and blows Hilarious. up cars is like the climax of the movie, Yeah, I would say. And now there's just a sort of... By the way, this movie is blissfully under two hours. It's yeah. like 140, something It's like, like 150, that. which Maybe is 150. great. I'm fine with it. I got no complaints with the length. Yeah, I think it maybe starts to drag a little bit. I think yeah. after the cemetery, it's, it's like, wrap it up. Cause because that's clearly the climax. Yeah, and then we have one last big city hall party that they're having yeah. to like vote. I don't even know why. To vote for more more, also, more plans to I don't uh, know why compromise they would still with criminals. Have it. I don't know why they would still have it after government officials were murdered. <laughs> you know that what day. I mean? That day. Yeah. Let's, let's everybody just hide in our basements for a little while here. Yeah, yeah. just hold on. It's pretty bad. Just hold Things have gotten very just bad. Everyone's Things are worse than ever. Everyone stop talking to Gerard Butler so he can stop demanding things. (laughs) If you don't talk to him, then, you know? And so he f- he figures out the, the and they actually the, this actually ties up pretty easily because they're like he's got thirty minutes until the Maglonite blows up taking out all the city hall and they're like what are we gonna do and you're like yeah what are you gonna do and then that's like yeah it's not that actually that big a deal yeah. because Gerard Butler like comes back from one of his tunnels or something like that into yeah. his cell and Jamie Foxx Fox is like is there I figured out everything I love, finally love what you done with the place <laughs> I love what you done with the place of course I finally found out everything and, and then he goes like uh, I'll make another deal with you. There, uh, JB Fox Two or whatever, deals. and he goes, "I don't make deals with murderers anymore, Clyde. You taught me that." And and Gerard Butler almost has a like, 
That's all I wanted I in the first that. place. All he man. wanted was a little more awareness. That's my I guy. taught you a little lesson. He says maybe I wasn't such a bad teacher after all. But then he's but he's not like fully chastened or anything. He's like, but I'm still gonna blow up City Hall. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx is like, okay, yeah, too deep now. Let me just go ahead and uh, leave your cell while you do that. And he's like, I, he pushes the button on a watch or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, he blows up he his cell. The noise Jamie Foxx has moved the Maglanite inside his cell, and Gerard Butler bed. realizes that, and then gets a kind of like he gets a little zen peace, a zen yeah. peaceful hero's he, like, smiles yeah. with the like the Maglanite in slow motion, kind of like encompasses him and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and he does smile a little bit, like yeah, he got me, and I'm also got no problem with dying. I'm real fucked up yeah, in the head. Nothing yeah. left. There's nothing left. And, uh, and Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox walks away from the explosion without looking back. <laughs> yep. yep. As one And must. then he goes to his daughter's uh, recital, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. So what did we learn? Daddy of the year. <laughs> what did we learn here, people? Oh, also, we didn't talk about Gerard. Don't, Don't do it again. Gerard <laughs> Butler's daddy friendship bracelet he wears. Oh, right. I love it. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Like, I, I feel like this is. It's almost functions. I don't think that this was the intention. I don't really know what the intention is. It is a stupid movie, so almost like ascribing I mean, attention you to know, it. There's nothing I like better than a movie that thinks it's about something and is kind of also about the other thing. It might be about the other it's thing. It's having its cake and eating it too, and I'm 100% on board for that. I think more movies should do this because it absolutely is 100% like the system. It is the kind of movie that right. is like the system is. Fucked up and protects the Star Chamber shit that we've talked about since episode one. Yeah. That they put in these movies where the system is here to protect but then it's criminals also like... and punish victims, and that's it. And you're like, I don't think that that's, I yeah, think yeah. that the system protects white people and whatever. Yeah. And then it's also like, but you can't escape your consequences of what you're doing at the same time, too. And also, it's like a man's got to know his limitations sort of thing. Right. Also, like Dirty Harry 2. Um, where it's like his, his he is truly subjecting. This is a cla- this is a quintessential men would rather blank than go to therapy sort of thing <laughs> because he's subjecting the entire world to his misery <laughs> yeah, instead of yeah. coping with it in any kind which of is other just way. What, which is another Batman thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a to- totally a Batman thing. Except in this case, Batman kills, and, yeah. in, and in a lot of cases, kills fucking straight up innocent people. Yeah. Like fully innocent people, he's showing videotapes of butchery to little girls. It's and he's again bathed in blood, sawing people's dicks off. Yeah, I feel like in a almost it's almost ingenious, but I don't believe this is what the intention was. I think the fact that it's F. Gary Gray, who's not an idiot, right, um, kind of makes me wonder. Like, is there a long? Were they thinking a little bit of this? I don't know. Uh, of just <clears throat> sort of like if this is the kind we like uh, vigilante movies, we'll. What about this? What if yeah. we just extend it to its? I feel like I feel like oh, maybe yeah. that's true. Do we true still like it capacity. if we push it? I feel like that's true, but I feel like the result is like the result has landed squarely in the like really makes you think, you know, right. and, the, and the thing where you're like, what well, didn't really make me think. It's that not hard. sincere about <laughs> <You know>? it. <laughs> yeah, in but the end, Jamie Foxx is sitting at his daughter's recital and he's still it, everything's it, everyone's fine. It made fine. me think about what the best way to saw a guy's dick off is. Right. And, and <laughs> actually, though. and his his lessons aren't kind of like. Uh, Aren't exactly like in the, the lessons that he learns are not to negotiate with killers, right? Uh, are to fuck his civil rights. Mm-hmm. These are the things that he does, and it's like you finally made it. Maybe I crossed the line, but maybe Jamie Foxx will learn a lesson here about how to yeah f- how to be even worse at his job. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, I mean, it's a total mess as far as that kind of stuff is concerned, and it is talking about these sorts of things. But we're also talking about a movie. With a drone in a cemetery, which is bad luck, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Sending a tank drone into a cemetery. Everyone knows that a drone in the cemetery (laughs) means bad luck. I did enjoy the Philadelphia location work. Yes. Is it Chicago? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. 
Oh, John Q was Chicago. That's right. Yeah. It's totally Philly. And there's that's a lot, why, and that's I think why next three days a, is also that's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I think. That's yeah. why Gerard Butler has this pitch-perfect Philly accent. <laughs> I'm from Philadelphia. Delaware County. Fucking gritty. He's my best friend. Uh, sounds like his mouth's full of Philadelphia. <laughs> Come on down here, hon. <laughs> I got my mouth full of sandwich. Come on over here. Only Velveeta on my phone. Don't negotiate with a killer, you know. <laughs> okay. Can't do that. Go down by there, dead by the water. Go over to the giant angle for me. Pick me up some of that uh, some of that pastram. <laughs> anyway. You better not put Swiss on my fucking beef sandwich there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Philly stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, there's also Gerard Butler's got a, a bracelet that says Daddy on it. And yeah. that's what he's always looking at. Oh, when I, should he's... Have, I should have made us all matching Daddy friendship bracelets. Yes, that yeah. would have been great. More merch, more promised merch <laughs> that, more we'll, promised. Never, yeah, that we'll never get. I just have so many ideas. When he's, when he's like, do you think maybe I'm going too far with this? No, no, I got the daddy bracelet to remind me to keep yeah. keep killing innocent people and, sub- and subjecting people to my shit. Well, they took his daddy bracelet away, and then Jamie Foxx gives it back because he's still trying to, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yes. he's trying to whatever. Whatever. Uh, I don't think, I think I got all the all the good lines in here. Fuck you and your uh, palms frites. Fuck <laughs> you and your palm frites, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be biblical, blah blah blah. If you have if you have to give shotguns to meter maids, do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, great movie. Let's, yeah, great uh, ratings. I'm gonna go three and a half Juds. There's a part of me that thinks it should it should be four, but the movie is not good. That is a it is a it is a, with caveats. Recommend yeah. A I mean, movie. I fucking loved it, but <laughs> I don't want people to think that like no. The, don't expect to be watching a good movie. Yeah. This is the other thing. This isn't like some Tony Scott like stealth pop masterpiece or anything. It's no. just it's just a lot of fun. It's fucking fun though. Um, and uh, I'm gonna give it zero Douglases. Uh, nope. Uh, bitch on the floor maybe. Yeah, no. She's uh, she maybe gets got, raped maybe. at the beginning. Okay, yeah, one yeah. Douglas for that. That's true. But it's it's off camera. Yeah. But it is yucky. You're right. No, you're right. That's no, but then I don't even know if I'd give it. A Douglas. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a Douglas. It's for all that. theoretical. Halfy. Yeah, speaking of speaking of halfies. Anyway, oh God. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, what am I gonna give it? I'm gonna give it ten out of ten graveyard drones. Nice. <laughs> it was Bad a luck. graveyard drone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, uh, all right, yeah, uh, you're right. I I do kind of, in theory, want to give it four juds. But I don't. I like enjoyed this enough to make it a four Judd movie, but it's not. But a I don't Judd like movie. to go higher than three and a half for movies that are bad, but that I happen to enjoy, and it is bad. Like we were talking about trying to parse what it means. It it fucking means nothing. It's nonsense. Mm. Even though it kind of like may, maybe will play out in a way that satirizes um, vigilante movies. It I don't think that's what it's trying to do. And the fact that you can't really tell means that it's it's just a dumb violent movie that happens to be very kinetic and very fun and with a fantastic central right, Gerard Butler performance. Kinetic. Um, so I highly recommend it, but also it sucks. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. It's yeah. the kind of movie that you're like, how was it? And I go, it fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. But with a <laughs> smile on your face and, and they're like, oh, you see what I mean? You should watch it if you're the kind of person oh, yeah. who likes this kind of I thing. I remember seeing this in the theater and just going, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, that was at the time when I was still getting into movies at the Metro uh-huh. for free. You and just I was go like, see this, whatever. This fucking trash. Yeah. And then I go in there and like, ugh. And then by the time that the drone shows up at the cemetery, I was like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't expect that. Thanks for doing the thing, movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Zero Douglases, of course, and I'll leave the, the, the good one for Emily and give it 10 out of 10 T-bone shivs. Mm, 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 mm. 
All right. I'm going to give it three Juds. Maybe three and a half. You think this is is on the level of John Q? Or a little bit better than John Q? It's a little bit better than John Q. Sure, shit more fun. 3.5. Okay, I'm going to give it 3.5 Juds. And because yeah, I liked I liked all the Batman-y stuff, and mm-hmm. I I liked all the torture porny stuff. It was all stuff that I liked. Um, I'm gonna give it 0.5 Douglases just for the terrifying assault at the beginning, and then just I don't know, I guess just that. And then I'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 sawed-off flaccid penises. Yeah, there we go. Saved it for you. Thank you guys. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Speaking of saving. Uh, okay, this is going to be a controversial one, I think. Yeah. This better not take three days to talk about. <laughs> oh, it's the next three the days. The next three days are 2010, written and directed by Paul Haggis, Scientologist and sex pest Paul Haggis. You can't do this every morning. It's way too corny. It's just till he's 18. Smile. I got it. Pittsburgh Police, this is an arrest warrant. You're under arrest for murder. Forget that Laura's your wife. Look at the evidence. I've seen the evidence. She's innocent. It doesn't matter what we believe. Laura is not getting out. I think I'll ever kiss me again. My wife attempted suicide. I have to see her. Two minutes, please. I don't think I can last another 20 years. I promise you, this will not be your life. What do you want to know? How you escaped when no one else could. No prison on the world is that tight. You have to have the entire plan already in place. You have to ask yourself, can you kill a god? Leave your kid at a gas station? Because to do this thing, that's who you have to become. And if you can't, don't start. Don't just get someone killed. Show me where the bullets go. <laughs> Paul Haggis, I was describing, like, I was telling a, a co-worker, they were like, what's this? And I was like, this is by Paul Haggis. And they were like, who's that again? And then I went through kind of like his pertinence, and then the, and then the person was like, wow, what a career. Because yeah. it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Wait, it's what? like he wrote Crash. Well, he wrote and directed Crash. Crash. Wrote and directed Crash, he also the wrote, bad one. He wrote Casino Royale. Yeah, and he did like, wrote casino, did some stuff that people like. People kind of liked in the Valley of Elah. I think that was pretty good. And then he became a noted a noted critic of Scientology from being yeah. a former Scientologist, and then got canceled. It's yes. like what a Hollywood journey. Mm-hmm. For canceled for being a fucking creep. Yeah. Uh, How well, heck is everybody? Uh, so this movie starts with uh, Russell Crowe is a community college professor. Speaking of bad American accents. Yes. He's an English professor. <laughs> an English professor. And uh, his wife is a, like an attorney of some kind. Elizabeth She's like, Banks. Yeah, it's Elizabeth Banks. And um, his, they, they're out to dinner with, with uh, Russell Crowe's bro, his, his brother, and the brother's wife. Her, his brother's wife, who would be MAGA now. Yeah. And who's like, clearly being a jerk. It's a nightmare dinner. And yeah. like the wife, the wife, the two wives get into like a, a, a shouting match at the table. She's yeah. being, she's being the uh, the brother's wife is being anti-feminist. Yes, and being like, all I'm just saying is women shouldn't be bosses. Yeah, well, and she's, they shouldn't she's be like, in charge. If, if a woman's a boss, then a man should work under. If a man's a boss, a woman should work under. But women can't be boss but, of each other. But women shouldn't be bosses of each other because there's innate competition. And then she was like, I mean, I would, I would work under your husband. And Elizabeth Banks is like, Oh, would you? Um, yeah. can, are you like straight up hitting on my husband? And she's like, I'm not hitting on your husband. Husband, blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole thing, it makes it's you think, like, did they, 
was close. They do they always fight like this because it's not like just some random girlfriend. Well, I kinda, it's it's I the feel like sister-in-law they, they of Russell Crowe. But it's there's two other things going on here. Like first, I think it's implied that they that they do fight like this because as they're walking back to the car and Russell Crowe is like kind of gently needling his wife about how yeah. funny he thought the whole thing yeah, was. They're yeah, yeah. yelling at each other yeah, in the Elis- restaurant. And Elizabeth Banks is like, I just don't fucking like her. So like maybe they yeah. just don't get along. And also Secondly, Elizabeth Banks had a bad day. She had a bad day and got in a fight with her boss, which is what initiated the conversation. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I think you're supposed to be like, well, we know she's got a she's bad got a temper. temper. Yep, because she's fully screaming at this woman in a, yeah. in a restaurant. In a restaurant. And it's yeah. very funny that Russell Crowe is like afterwards going like, well, that was a little amusing. And it's like, yeah, and then they that, like would be so, that would and be then they, mortifying. Then they get it on in the car. <laughs> yes. So this turns Elizabeth Banks on. So she's uh, definitely... Can you imagine having sex with Russell Crowe in a car? <laughs> I'm sure that there are plenty of women who one time or another have thought about doing that. Oh, I'm or have sure. Done it. Everyone's mom. But this is 2010? Yeah. Yeah, but Russell Crowe in 2010 having sex with him in a car. He's not... He's not Still I'm not a, saying he's still he's a good-looking man. He's a good-looking guy, but it just seems like such a, a, a youthful activity. It predates my current favorite Fat Russell Crowe period. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But I also I also wanted to point out this was this was very funny to me is that she that it is because the lady moves on from like anti-feminist bullshit to also going like I'm gonna fuck your husband <laughs> like yeah. right to her face and this lady's boobs are all like big and, and out and then yeah. at, at her one first point, mistake was having one, big boobs that are out at one point big Bank, out. Banks goes like you and your fucking boobs she makes like says something yeah. about the boobs being She's out like, your tits are bigger than your brain and then she goes what's your fucking problem and Elizabeth Banks says to her my problem is you're brain is as big as those tits. Yeah, there you go. And Does that like, mean her that tits are huge. Yeah, so it's like, you're what? smart? <laughs> she's smart? What? It's very strange. I had to go back and I thought, like, it, I thought she, it I thought the girl with the big boobs said that to right. Elizabeth Banks. I had to, I assumed that and I went back and looked at it again and it's 100% Elizabeth Banks saying that to her. Something got lost there in weird. translation of the script. Yeah. It feels like a thing that you're that you. It does almost feel like a thing that you're like. I know what I'm gonna say, and then it comes out wrong. And, and then you're like, like oh, oh fuck, what did I say? No oh, shit. Yeah. Give me so, one more try. So then, uh, <clears throat> by the way, just a fun stylistic thing. The title doesn't show up until the end of this movie. Huh. But uh, so the next thing that happens is it's the next morning, and uh, uh oh, holy shit, we're having breakfast, and here come the cops. Yeah. Having breakfast, and Elizabeth Banks noticed that she has a blood stain. She has on a blood stain on her jacket. Weird. Still, so she's going to wet. She's going to wipe it off. She's actively washing it off when the cops show up. Like, oh, she has a bunch of blood on the microphone. And they're like, "You are under arrest for murder." And their little two-year-old boy is screaming, "Mommy, mommy, mommy!" Yeah. Is he only two? He's very, very. He's young. very young. Yeah, because later he's like. Because then, it, well, she gets arrested oh, and charged years, with the so. murder of her boss. He's yes. probably like three. three and four. this is in Pittsburgh. This is in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Where, where you can just murder Pittsburgh. people. So it's this weird. is a Keystone State episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, like though, I recognized one of the main cop who busts in. He's got a Super yes. Dave Osborne voice. He's like, "You're under arrest," <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it's him. And, and who's the uh, who's the lady cop uh, who plays her? Uh, Black lady cop. Anyway, uh, they arrest Elizabeth Banks for murdering her boss. Her boss was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. In the parking garage. In the parking garage. Next to where Elizabeth Banks' car was parked, a a guy saw her. In the drawing room. A guy saw her driving away from the scene. And also, she's got the blood stain on her jacket, and but her, she says it's and her because... Prints are on the and thing. her prints are on the fire extinguisher, and she says that what happened was she got into the parking garage and was bumped into by some other like transient woman or heard whatever. A, heard a button pop. And heard a button pop, and then uh, there was a fire extinguisher in front of the front tire of her car that she picked up and moved, drove away, didn't even see the dead woman. Yeah. And that was that. 
Um, and the bumping into the woman also explains the blood stain the blood. on the back of her of her of her coat. Um, that doesn't fly. Obviously, there's enough circumstantial evidence to keep her in jail. She gets convicted of murder, life in prison. They've got all the evidence. Yes. Yeah, they, and, pe- and people constantly they shut like, down her appeal. Even include people, including Daniel Stern, yeah. who is Russell Crowe's like Crow's lawyer, lawyer friend. But he's like he's his lawyer, but he's also probably like his friend from yeah. some other thing. And he's like, hey man, just look her. at the evidence. Just look at the. I don't. I'm not saying anything. If Marv is saying you're guilty, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Going. The, if the just, wet, ba- if anybody knows, it's one of the wet bandits. <laughs> it's one of the wet bandits. <laughs> I know crime. Uh, yeah, and uh, but okay. So then, but she's in uh, she's in Allegheny. Uh, she's in the jail in, in Allegheny County, is like which is in Pittsburgh, and she's there pending appeal. Mm-hmm. Cut to three years later, she's still there. And uh, Russell Crowe has been like this whole time trying to get her exonerated. Their appeal is coming up. Got a new kid playing their et cetera son. and so forth. God, you can tell that this kid's mom's in jail because his hair looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he has the worst fucking bowl cut I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's and it's what is it? It's 2010, so it's like not even excusable. Yeah, <laughs> the kid the kid is very bummed uh, and and really uh, really sad about his mom being a probably being a murderer mm-hmm. or potentially being a murderer. And so whenever he takes the kid to the jail to meet the mom he'll just be like I don't want it and she's like you gonna kiss your mom no I'm no, I'm miserable but he's still, he punches kids on the playground for making fun of his mom he's, so having, he's, got a, he's having trouble he should be in therapy there's kind of a, a funny line of dialogue where they're talking to each other and he's like he's like I don't know he's going through some stuff because now Russell, now Russell well, Crowe's later, later, later in the movie, he's talking to Elizabeth Banks, and they're meeting in prison, and, and he's like, you know, Luke's having trouble. I'm not, I'm not spending, spending enough, enough time, time with him. him. And she's like, you're not spending enough time with him? Pretty sure no, I think it's because his mom is a murderer. Yeah. And it's one of the, like, the kind of uh, extraneous little themes of this movie is she's constantly going like, you're just living in your own little fucking world, aren't you? Well, it keeps you're not, coming You're living in a fantasy land. It's a little bit of a thing where, like, he kind of, yeah, he's a little bit of a, he's a, little bit of a dreamer. He's a little bit of a puzzler. There's a there's a sort of important scene where he's teaching Don Quixote to his class, and he's like, you know, rational thought is a killer. You know, like could it be, could it be all about the triumph of rationality? Yeah. What if we choose to exist purely in the reality of our own making? Yeah. Does that make us insane? And if it does. Is that better than a life of despair? There you go. And that's the sort of thing where you're thinking, is this movie going to be kind of interesting? I think it is kind of interesting, but it's very writerly. It just shows his his romantic ideals about rescuing his yeah. wife. And I believe too. at some point they're also reading Count of Monte Cristo. In the, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. That makes, that makes a lot more sense as far as the prison thing is concerned. But like this whole living in a fantasy world, and do they mean... She really did do it. They really kind of lean on the idea that she might have done it. I think it's. I think you're not supposed to think that until a certain point in the movie where it becomes clear that she is saying she maybe did it. Yeah. But she's got a reason. There, there's like multiple interpretations of what's going on in that scene. But I know it would At be more time. interesting. I know. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Um, okay. So. Uh, also, uh, he's his parents are involved in raising the child, and his dad is Brian Dennehy. Brian, this was fu- this was amusing to me because it's fucking Brian Dennehy. Everybody loves Brian Dennehy. In the first two scenes that Brian Dennehy's in, he has no lines. Yes. And Russell Crowe will show up and like talk to his mom a little bit, and then he'll like look over at Brian Dennehy and look Brian Dennehy. He'll look back. Well, to they, him. they clearly have a tortured relationship. You yes. know what I mean, there's like maybe they're not that close. That's what they're hinting at, and and it's good. It's fine. I'm not yeah. complaining, but it is just funny to me to like have Brian Dennehy just like there, and yeah. then it's just you know, he doesn't say a word. And you're like, I guess that's it for Brian Dennehy One of the for things now. that I think is interesting about this, and kind of in contrast with John Q, is because John Q, again, skews heavily more into drama than it does thriller. Yes. So does this, although the thriller elements of it are somewhat more exciting. This movie takes itself very seriously. But, but I do think that the dramatic stuff really works well. I think it's better than John Q. 
Oh, absolutely. I think there's some substance to the drama and nope. like some interesting stuff going on. Nope, nope, nope. It it like it Smoothies goes. Emily says no. Yeah, you were bored. You were bored out of your mind. It is yeah. like that's part of it. <sighs> that's part of it taking itself seriously is that we really ro- walk through all this stuff. Yeah, I've seen and serious dramatic movies that aren't fucking. I I, yeah. I enjoy the procedural down. elements of it, but I understand it is yeah. slow moving. Yeah. Two fifteen. Yeah. I mean, there is stuff that I liked about it, but I definitely was like, we can cut this, we can cut this, we can cut. This. Just like. Mm, yeah, I don't know. But, but the movie, but the movie is like, no, we're making a real movie, so we've got to keep, we got to leave yeah. this stuff in. It's important, dramatic character building type stuff, and you're like, I don't know if it know. does. Well, I work think that it well. worked. It worked for me, but yeah. also I'd seen this before, so I kind of knew where it was headed. Yeah, and yeah, that's fine. Um, Things can work for people. But uh, oh well, that's very refreshing. Thank you. Awesome. Nice. Uh, anyway, so her appeal gets denied. Uh-huh. They're out of options. He's like telling Daniel Stern, he's like, oh, I guess we'll go to the Supreme Court. And he's like, are you kidding me? No, the Supreme Court hasn't heard a murder case ever. Yeah, and it's like you're I'm running out of money, dude. He goes, he goes, any decent lawyer would would not file that case. And he's like, well, I guess I should just find an indecent one. That shouldn't be too hard, LOL. <laughs> and, and he's like, fine, I'll file it, but, you know, don't get your hopes up. Anyway. There's a suicide attempt. She tries to commit suicide. Uh, and at that point, Russell Crowe is like, uh, my only choice is to somehow break my wife out of prison. <laughs> yeah. And his and crazy I, fucking plan. Well, that's it's the, so that's the chaotic insane. nature of his of his mind. Uh, what's what's kind of fun about or it? One of the things one of the things I like that. about it is like in Law Abiding Citizen, it's like it turns out this guy is the the king of all gizmo killings, right? And he's got a set of skills like Liam Neeson sort of thing. And in this one, Russell Crowe does is not straight up just Crow, a fucking English professor. Crowe is the king of YouTube tutorials. Yes, yes. he has to learn how to do all this YouTube shit on tutorials YouTube. are a very key part of this they're, man's they're, plan. They're, Part of my life, and that's great. Like I love that shit. I have learned so much, from especially YouTube. in 2010 too. Like this was like showing like like c- this was like fairly new YouTube. Yeah, you know, yeah. new tube, new tube, and he's constantly fucking up. Yeah, that's one of the reasons this movie's so long well, is that his, is that there's such a learning curve to this stuff. The first the first thing he does is Google how to break out of jail, which <laughs> which gets him uh, to leads him to a book written by a guy who busted out of jail seven times named speaking Liam Neeson. Speaking, speaking, speaking of Liam Neeson. He has a particular somebody who has a particular set of skills. Speaking of bad American accents that are also <laughs> yeah, really right. fun. So he's having coffee with Liam Neeson, who is like a down and out expert in breaking out of prison. So he, and he's giving him all of these things, like it's gonna take you, it's gonna take him fifteen minutes for this amount. He's and like he's making notes and everything, and then he's like, "What do you got in your pocket?" And he just takes all, just takes all his money, money and, and he's like, and that's all. That's he all he's down. Liam but he basically gives him like a pep talk. He's like, "This is you're, you're gonna have to know this, 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 and this. You're gonna have to be okay with." Leaving your kid at a gas station yeah, with yeah. with with pushing a nice old lady if she's in between yeah, you yeah. and a it's, door. It's like uh, Are he's you willing he's, to door he's given the you gotta you gotta uh, if you spot the heat around the corner speech. You it's know the whole thing. Yeah, this is this is you have to live this life and it's got to be yeah. all or nothing. You're gonna need money and passports, you know, passports, like IDs. actual IDs that are gonna get you. Out of the country. Out of the country. You got to have a social security number that's going to pass a credit check. You're going to need to be out of the 15 minute limit of the city within, you know, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff. Takes his money and he's gone, and that's it. That's it. We never see him again. It's a cameo. It's a Liam Neeson cameo. Which is cool. Which is cool. I like that. Uh, th- at this point in the movie, I'm going like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. So his first step is to get this ID stuff, and he doesn't really know how to find <laughs> IDs. Like, I guess I'll go through criminals. Yeah, so he's like, I guess drug dealers will know IDs. So he's just like buying a shit ton of oxy. Speaking, like, of, speaking of cameos, yep. first cameo is Ziggy from uh, from The Wire. 
First cameo is Ziggy from the well, Wire. Well, second cameo, and, Liam Neeson. And first. his partner is Robert Diggs, also known as the RZA. Yep. As Moose. As Moose. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll get you some uh, some fake IDs, power equality, culture cipher, all all his good stuff. And then uh, and then they rob <laughs> and him. They rob him. <laughs> this, and this is how the movie yeah, goes. He's constant, He has to get the shit kicked out of him. He has to constantly like fuck things up because he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's always just like this close to getting yeah. caught because he's failing constantly, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why this movie is two hours He goes to this bar to, to meet up with whoever's going to give him the IDs, and that's where he gets the shit kicked out of him. That's also where this one guy... Like, spies him. ...notices him. Yeah, and that guy comes and finds him later, and he's, in a weird in a weird touch, is deaf. Yeah. I, it, which I don't know he, why. But. Which he was like... I've been reading your lips, and I was like, "How is anyone reading mumbly ass Russell Crowe's lips? He's the most—he is the most mumbly man in the entire world. How are you reading his I lips?" I thought it was a nice touch. It seemed a little arbitrary, but also texture is texture. Yeah, so yeah, for I sure. I kind of enjoyed it. it. It was just texture for the sake of texture. Yeah. but like you, oh, sure. you can't think, read Russell Crowe's lips. I think it's more like we <laughs> open his mouth. We wrote the—we wrote it so the guy read his lips. So why would he be reading lips? It's because he's deaf. But it is. And it, then it's, it, but it's also like interesting. Right? Yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. So he get he does does manage to get actual IDs from this guy uh, that are good, but there's a there's a nice little touch where uh, the guy's like, okay, meet me at this bar in the parking lot at 2 p.m., et cetera, and so forth, and if I'm not there on time, leave. Mm-hmm. The guy's not there on time, and Russell Crowe is still waiting. There's, a co- there's clearly a cop car in the parking lot. The cop, you know, as, as the cop is leaving, he even seems to notice, notice Russell Crowe before he drives away, and then the guy, the deaf guy with the IDs shows up, and, it's and he's like, he's pissed. He's like, you were supposed to leave. Didn't you see that guy was a cop? And he's like, but I really need the IDs. And the guy's like, you want this too much. You're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, I like it's that. It's pretty funny, too, when he goes, didn't you see that guy was a cop? And Russell Crowe just goes, no. It's like, I saw it. There's <laughs> fucking red and, red and blue lights in his window. It's like, what Come do you on. even He's just browsing mean? YouTube yeah. on his phone. <laughs> Anyhow, so, so that happens. Again. Okay, so that's one problem. Dad. Then he's then he goes on YouTube and he's like, he Google's how to get a key that will unlock any door. So t- teaches him how to make a bump key. A bump key. Uh, which he uses. Which he goes in. He's gonna. Oh, he's God. planning on getting her out scene. of the uh, out of the jail by using the the security elevator. It's just a random suspense scene because yeah. we need this to because we need so to have stuff like this. I yeah, this scene was so hard to watch him like trying to do. He's like going in to like visit his wife or whatever. Yeah. So he's like trying to test out the bump key, and he's trying to do it so no one will notice. But he it like breaks off. Yeah, that was in funny. The lock, and then he like drops the other part, and then he like kicks it across the floor, and everyone's like, and then <laughs> they notice immediately. So the alarm goes off. Yeah, yeah. I did enjoy. There's a couple things I liked in this scene. First of all, it's the it's like the one of the first times we actually see all the people that. Are coming and visiting people in the prison, and it's almost always the same folks every time we see this scene. So I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of a nice touch. Secondly, when he's when he's like really struggling to get the bump key to work in the elevator, he's like fucking with it, and it snaps off. There's this really cute shot of Russell Crowe. His eyes just go ooh, they get really <laughs> wide for a second, and I'm just like, you know. And then he's just trying to be all cool and casual. And if there's one thing he's bad at doing, he's pretending to be like a cool guy. He is not discreet at all. Yeah, and you know, like you said, the alarm goes off. They start pulling everybody into interrogate them and they're pretty sure they know it was him they're, they're, but, they're, but then the, the camera like, shot is from a kind of a distance yeah. and they go like where are you in this room and he's oh, like I'm oh I'm that guy over there. I'm, something over there I'm this blonde lady right <laughs> and, here and they're like really we're kind of suspicious of you so just so you know we're whatever you can go today but if you're if anybody were to do something like what this is he goes they'd be in a lot of fucking he goes, trouble uh, 
Imagine both you and your wife in prison. Like, yeah. What's oh. going to happen to your kids? Yeah. Pretty high stakes stuff. And uh, and Russell Crowe like gets his ass out of there, bumps Barfs. into the bumps into the investigation oh, yeah, uh, cops who who investigated his wife's uh, crime, and then pukes. Yeah. Just like projectiles over the railing. Yeah. It's so gross. And then the, the like the guy the cops look at him and he's like nothing to see here. Boop, 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 boop. And the cops are like let's let's uh, let's find out what's going on with this. What's guy. going on with this guy? And the the woman cop. When they are like kind of trailing him, she's like, "So we're arrest- we arrested his wife for murder. We're arresting him for puking." Yeah, like she's like, "I don't know why we're doing this." So he has to like so kind bump, of re- bump key doesn't work. He has to recalibrate rate his plan, yeah. and, and he's and, and he he's finds got a, a he finds a better way. He's got a conspiracy map on his wall in his house, <laughs> yes, yes. and he starts liquidating all of his shit, kind of like yeah, John the money key is did, a huge part of this because he needs money. And all this stuff. He's got to also, in addition to like the resources to get her out of prison, he needs money to get out of the fucking country. Yeah, and, and live once they're out. And live once they're out. Yeah. yeah so there's all that. Um, um, and in, in, also, in the, meanwhile, okay, there's a there's a sexy lady <laughs> whose daughter is friends with his son, and it's <laughs> Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Booksmart and 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 and, and uh, what's that Florence Pugh movie director uh, Olivia Wilde? Worry, She's darling. been in the news a little bit Former lately. Former Sudeikis spouse. Uh, the yeah. the OC she star. She makes, a, makes yeah. a great green sauce. I believe. And um, it, and like in a totally thankless role it that only so- exists to gin up a little extra suspense at the end of the movie, but I enjoyed it anyway. But it's before she was Olivia Wilde. This is the, true, it's like true. not like yeah. True. This is yeah, the ta- this is the time when Olivia Wilde is doing roles like this. But this was past the OC Olivia Wilde. Interesting. But uh, she, but she's just like maybe a little bit of another love interest, but no. Well, she's she, there's a scene where she's like clearly trying to flirt with Russell Crowe. She's noticed him. She thinks he's attractive. There, she wants to meet him, you know, and she thinks that he's a single dad, which technically he is. Uh, but uh, but he he's like, there's this really funny scene where she's like, yeah, it's tough being a being a single parent. He's like, well, I'm kind of not really a single parent. She's like, oh, you know, you share custody with your wife? No, no, I have him all the time. Oh, you know, so she's just like kind of out of the picture. And he's like, yeah, kind of. You know, it's too bad when they don't want to take responsibility for their end of the no. He's like, no, 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 she's no. in jail for murder. It's the, the way yeah, he, he like, didn't like want to say it. He it gets to do, he's like, she's in jail. Oh, you know, okay. He's like, for murder. Oh, okay. But don't worry, she didn't do it. I, 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 I'm sure she didn't. I'm sure she didn't. That's really what happens. It's really Yeah. Funny. It's the only. This is not a funny movie. This is not a movie that's not trying to be funny. funny And then this part is very funny, especially the way that he does it. Like, no, she's in, she's in prison, and he's like, now he's like flummoxed. And then he just sort of like tosses off. But she's innocent. She didn't kill that woman. Anyways, I gotta go. Yeah, that's what he says. But she didn't do it. She didn't kill that woman. Kill that woman. They're gonna kill that (laughs) poor woman. Kill that poor woman. And then he just stand. And then he just walks away, and she goes. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but it doesn't stop her from being into him. Nope. Um, anyway. It's um, a very, very small role. So, yeah. He's, so, basically, what he settles on as a plan is, so, is Elizabeth Banks is diabetic. Mm-hmm. And he figures out that he can use the medical testing facility that they do, or, or the med- medical testing company that comes to the prison and does, like, takes lab work and stuff from the inmates, and he can use that as a way to get her maybe out of prison. Mm-hmm. And so his whole plan is basically that he like fakes her medical results. Like he gets a hold of the lab work and tampers yeah, with it to make it look like she's going to go into a diabetic coma. So they take her to the hospital. Like her glucose levels off the off yeah. the chain. Um. So that's that's sort of his big plan. Um, He's got to do one thing before we get before we get into the final climactic third of the movie, which is all the escaping and yes. stuff like that. And that is. He needs some money. He needs money, and he, he seems he keeps on going back to the world of crime. 
Yeah. Just because I guess it's available to him now. He's he's aware of it now. And he basically uh, robs a drug house. He does a rip and run with Kevin Corrigan Kevin as a drug Corrigan. dealer. Kevin Corrigan. And who's the other kid? The other kid's been in a couple movies we've done, too. I recognize the other kid, too, but don't know him by name. Yeah. And Kevin Corrigan. Was he in, like, Hostage or something? Anyway. Could be. Kevin, Cor- But Kevin Corrigan, like, eight li- like five lines in this movie. Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. Crazy. So they're like, a, they're like, like a, I'm the bad guy. I'm the drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, now I'm dead. They're in a meth house. He's robbing them. He shoots. Well, he shoots the one guy. And then the, there's a dog too, yeah. who like attacks the guy. And he doesn't want to shoot the dog. He doesn't want to shoot the dog. And Kevin Corrigan is like, "You wouldn't shoot a dog. You're not going to shoot me." So he shoots Kevin, Kevin Corrigan anyway, like in the arm first, and then um, and then he starts to set the house on fire. And, and the it's guy, a and fucking meth Kevin lab. Kevin Corrigan's like, "Are you crazy? This is a meth lab." Show me where all the really big money is. Not yeah. these. Not the little, little rolls that you keep in your pocket, but your big drug stash. Yeah. And then he's like, "I have a kid. My kid's upstairs. My kid's upstairs." And Russell goes like, "Oh fuck, I love kids." Yeah. Yeah, I'm a real softy when it comes to that. Sort Kevin Corrigan runs upstairs, but turns out there is a kid's bedroom in there, but we see no baby. But the wife had the taken wife the, left the baby. The wife had taken the baby. So he kills Kevin Corrigan. He shoots him because Kevin Corrigan comes after him with another gun. <laughs> he kills Kevin Corrigan. Gets the money. Leaves, damages, uh, like runs over uh, uh, like a trash can and leaves like a piece of his uh, taillight behind at the scene. The cops are so spectacularly right behind him for like the entire movie. It almost gets funny like how close they are behind him but just never there. And and at this point in the movie we introduce a new character who's sort of the antagonist for the rest of the film as Lenny Clark. Yeah. uh, This detective. And they start investigating the, the meth house fire. Yeah. And uh, they pretty much get on to Russell Crowe kind of fast. They pretty much figure out what the whole I deal mean, is. Like he's not being as he's not being super discreet as he could be. Right, no. but, I mean, he's not with good like at the it. bump key thing, the YouTube bump key fail, and like it turns it turns out that he's smarter than the movie is letting you realize. Right, but it it is kind of letting you think that he's making a lot of sloppy mistakes. Also, like throughout this pl- whole movie, by the way. There is a score by Danny Elfman and Moby. Yeah, which <laughs> and is it's, pretty good. It's good, and it's also just a weird choice. Yeah, the it's score the score is fine. There are two Moby songs in it, and I famously uh, do not, not a have. Fan. I'm not a fan of that, in particularly in the Born at the end of the Born movies. <laughs> so whatever. This else. movie should have totally end with ext- ended with extreme ways. <laughs> you, you would have melted <laughs> your face <laughs> off. Ah, no! no! God damn it! But yeah, Moby, Moby starts singing at two particular points, and it's where it's very serious, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, okay. this shit. They're, they're not the worst songs Noby. The oh. like, Noby, oh my god. Moby don't. <laughs> Moby ick. Yeah, there we go, that's good. Uh, so anyhow, uh, so that, and now like Endgame is starting. And, and he's got a bunch of money now. He's, he's got, got a bunch he's of money. He's got like $100,000 in cash. And um, But the, his parents are starting to get suspicious about his behavior. They're wondering what's going on. And he goes. He cute. goes to uh, to like you know he dro- he's dropping the kid off with the parents to go do his dirty deeds. Okay, and who's stuff. his dad? Brian, Brian Denny. Denny. Oh yeah. And he go. And one point he comes back to uh, to retrieve the kid and ends up like sort of falling asleep because he's obviously sort of at wit's end. He's totally bedraggled. He's been and doing this par- a lot. His parents are starting to wonder if he's okay. And Brian Dennehy is just like he, he's like I'm here to pick up Luke. I'm gonna go upstairs again. And Brian Dennehy, Dennehy first is like, Are you all right? Like very sternly. He's like, Yeah, I'm fine. And that's the end of that conversation. Then he comes down in the morning, and uh, mom and dad are up, you know, making coffee or whatever. And Brian, then he sees in his jacket that he's got a, pa- a couple of passports and tickets to somewhere, plane tickets. Venice, uh, right. Well, we they don't did, know where yet. For, it becomes important in the movie that we don't know for some reason. We don't know where yet. It's kind of weird. But Brian Dennehy now knows. Yeah, because yes. then when you know, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird sure. sort of like yeah. quasi-twist or something. But, uh, but then 
they, they it's just like this really good moment where like they kind of exchange a glance and Brian Denny he like embraces his son he knows his son he is, knows the whole deal he pretty much he's, gets he's, he's guessed really what's going on I guess my son's gonna go, uh, go launch a crazy scheme to break his wife out I mean, of jail, I and know, I respect that as a man. I don't know if he's going that hard. I think he's like, I think he needs to leave. You know, he's 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 yeah. he's, he's got he's done here. Three tickets though. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think you would make the logic leap to I'm br- I'm busting my wife out of jail. He, he think he knows he's doing something huge. He's doing something big, and he's not going to see his son or his grandson ever yeah. again. I kind of thought. And there's a really nice moment. Yes. And then. They, he leaves. He shakes his hand. He shakes his hand. That gives you an idea of their relationship. Their relationship. Where Brian Dennehy knows fully well he'll never see his son again. And he's and like, it's like, how about a handshake, son? He's like, say goodbye to your mother. And he's like, bye, Mom. And, and, then, then, like, and then that's the end. And Brian Dennehy just sits down, and it's like, you know... That's it. I Don't thought that was. I thought this was a nice moment. I thought that was maybe a ten. I didn't really think this was going to happen, but maybe a little bit of a chance that Brent Denny was going to sit him down at night, come down here, son, and talk to me, and then be like, you know, son, I know what you're doing. <laughs> and one thing you don't know, 30 years ago, I broke, I broke your mother out of jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I understand what you're doing, and I respect it, and good luck. It worked, it worked for me. Uh, so it could work for you. We forgot about another important scene, which is, and, and a part of the timeline, too. So... Her, her appeal's been denied. Elizabeth Banks' appeal's been denied. So they're moving her out of the city to a that's far why, away That's prison. why it's three days. That's why the ten. And he's got to he's got to accelerate his yep. plan. Um, and in that scene where she tells him that that's what's happening, he's like, "All right, well, we got to figure out what to do." And she, he's like, "I'm going to get you out of here. Don't worry. This is not going to be your life." And she's like, "Forget about it. Leave me. Like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it." She's like, "You never asked me if I really did it." You know, and he's like, but why? why? She's like, well, you should have because I did it. Like, she basically she, says yeah. that goes, she did it. He goes, I know you didn't do it. And then she goes, and he you're goes, wrong. I, he goes, I couldn't possibly conceive that you would do it. And then she goes, well, then you'd be wrong. Yeah. And I think that the, if, you, if you're hoping that it's a more interesting movie, then this could be true. But obviously in the case, it's more like, just leave me, just leave yeah, me. Yeah, just stop it. I mean, get it, me out of your life. It does turn out that she is telling him this for his own good. Yes. Yeah. It, she, she, she is like, I am at the end of my rope. You need to forget about me and you need to move on with your life and our son's life and just stop it. And if that's going to make you stop, yeah. but it doesn't. He's like, and it's like I, n- I will never believe that you did it. I was very yes. frustrated for her when he did like break her out because she's like, no, like stop doing this. She's like super because pissed. we're going to get shot. The kid's not going to have anyone like all this stuff. She's so mad. And yep. it, I was just like, dude. But uh, well, there's that. We'll get to that scene because there's another really cool part in that scene. Elizabeth Banks does I a lot she's to good do in this, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah, not, she does. It is not a thankless role considering she's holed up in jail. Most I really of the time. like the scene. We'll talk about what it means for the end of the movie in a little bit. But yeah. uh, so okay, so now he's basically he's in it. But you got her saying that you've got all the evidence and you've also got that Don Quixote thing where like mm-hmm. maybe it's best to just live in a fantasy world and you're like, okay, this yeah. could be fucking I interesting. Think I think it's well constructed. It's a little slow, but. Um, Okay, so now now we get to the plan. So he's like, he packs the kid. He packs himself. The, ki- the kid takes a bunch of quarters. Yeah. Which turned out to be a kind of important, but not really. Everything the quarters you can fit from into the a bag in, in that your pocket. The him yeah. and his wife like yeah. went to. Yes. We, they turn out to be Canadian they quarters. Turn out to be, they can, they're loonies. They're loonies or toonies. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, and um, he takes, he takes down his big, his big like plan map. And he gar- he puts it all in three garbage bags. Puts one outside his own house. And I'm watching the movie, going like, "What would you do that for?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll find out about well, that later. The thing the thing is, he's his plan is great. 
He's just he can't he just the, the execution stuff he doesn't know how to do any of it. That's well, where that's, that's where he's slept that, sloppy. That's, he's an idea man. Yes, he's an idea man. That's what we've been led to believe. Yes. Um, and so then so but then he takes two other garbage bags and throws them in somewhere else. Uh, and now they're on the road. He drops the kid off with Olivia Wilde. Earlier, it was established that she's having a birthday party for her daughter, and he's like, he needs to stash the kid while he's breaking his wife out of fucking prison. This is a bad part of the. Play. So he's gonna stash her with stash the kid with Olivia Wilde. Apparently, did not pay close enough attention to the invitation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's on the invitation. It's Calling totally all party yeah, animals. He's been, he's been awake like twenty hours a day while he's doing yeah. this. What are you gonna do? And then, so then he goes to, so he drops the kid off, and he says to Olivia Wilde, like. He's got his par- his grandparents' contact info in the pocket of his jacket. If I'm not back on time, call them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is he gonna just ditch the kid? Mm, it's yeah. possible. If he's, he has to, he's Don Quixote. Yeah. And so then he goes to the medical. Uh, he goes to the med lab company, and cuts the phone lines. Then tails the medical uh, lab van to the prison, where he tampers with. The glucose levels in his wife's blood. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they have to pull her they, out of prison. They pull her out of prison. They've read this take chart. her to the university, which is downtown. Much easier to steal to break her out of a hospital. University than hospital, than prison, where he basically goes in there at, with with a gun and hijacks her in a hospital room. We get another hospital hijacking. Yeah, and subdues a couple of cops. Yeah, and it, in a really fun turn of events, Elizabeth Banks is like, "What the fuck are you doing? How stop could, it!" She says, "How could you?" Yeah, stop yeah. it. But then he goes, "Okay, call our son." Tell him, tell him you're not I thought coming. that was so manipulative. Oh, it's so manipulative. It's so but it's, bad. But it's really good drama. This gets really harsh here at, it at, does. at points. Tell him both of us aren't coming. She has come to really resi- She has come to, come to resent she's, him. Well, she's also resigned to this life. Yeah. And I think that she's maybe gotten into the mentality where this is what it's going to be and this is the best. And yep. now he's fucking that whole thing up. And yep. now, now this? What the fuck yeah. is this? And, How could you do this to me? And Lenny Clark at this point has zeroed in on him because they figured out it was his car. They figured out about the wife being in jail. All this stuff. They are one minute behind. They're basically right behind. It's him. like out of time. Yeah, yeah. Like at this point, it's like out of time, and the 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 justice is just a, a seconds away. Yeah. For the rest of the movie, it's crazy how close it is. And then they chase they chase him all through the hospital, and he gets out. He's they swap clothes and everything. They get out. Uh, they get out into the street, and they 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 pretend to be Pittsburgh Steelers fans to go yeah, into the game because there's a big crowd. Most of the plan is coat swapping. Yes, <laughs> it's changing coats. Yeah, first they put lab coats on, then they get her some street clothes, then they pretend to be Steelers fans. He's like, she put takes your hair down. Down. <laughs> they wear five different coats, I yeah. think. <laughs> they get on the subway. They almost get stopped on the subway, but Rod- like uh, Russell Crowe pulls the brake and gets off in time where he's got a burner well, Before car. he does that, he tells the kid two hands <laughs> to yeah, hold on. To no, the one I thought kid. that was cute. Everybody yeah. else can die. But I like this I like this part where the, the cops are just after him, and then they get onto the train, and the train talk takes off, and the cop goes like, I want that train stopped into his phone. And in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. that's what happens. And in this one, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it fucking and works. And then he, he chases after the yeah. train. Well, and he goes what? chasing after the train, and obviously, even if you can do Riggs. that, it's going to take seven minutes for it to get down yeah. the line to whoever can stop the train. So, the, so and he's got a burner car stash. They get in the they get in a, a clean car, mm-hmm. and they've got to get across the bridge before the roadblock he's sets got up. The numbers written and he's down. got the time that it's going to take him to get the roadblock set up on his on his See, hand. This is where it all picked up for me. Was the very oh, end. this is this, definitely this the fun part. Escape part. Yeah, yeah. I was. Fine and they with they just make it across the bridge like seconds to spare, which is great. And then they're like, okay. All we got to do now is go back to Olivia Wilde's place, pick up the little tyke. They get there, 
And Olivia Wilde's not there. The kid's not there. But the mom is there, and she's like, no, they're not back yet. It's a zoo party. It's right on the fucking Did you not read the invitation? invitation? Which was unnecessary. Did you not read the invitation? You fucking idiot. And what is that accent? Calling all party animals. It said, do not bust your wife out of jail until 1 p.m. You're an idiot. And he, she's like, you can wait an hour if you want. They'll be back in an hour. And he's like, <laughs> well, uh, well, that's not an option. <laughs> and this is, again, pretty interesting because he's starting to drive. And then he's got the option of driving forward or taking the exit to mm-hmm. where the zoo is. And then he, and it's just sort of like Russell Crowe kind of goes like, Fuck we got to ditch kids, the kid. The kid will live with my parents. Yeah, it's t- <laughs> yeah. He says he says he's like we got to ditch the kid. She, he's wild. like he's like they are gonna roadblock us. We are gonna get caught unless we go right now. They might already yeah. be setting it. We have to he's go. Like we'll get him. We later. will get him later. And Elizabeth Banks is this is not an option for Elizabeth Banks. She's oh, already barely yeah. on board with this, and so and she decides like, to jump out the car. She's gonna I jump loved out the car. This, yeah. this is pretty almost, amazing. They, he like he stops her from jumping out of the car all the way, but they almost get killed in a car. She literally just like leans all the way out, and it's. So scary, like I like ga- a, I gasp. Kind of a crappy CGI shot, but it's a cool bit. It's it a cool bit, yeah. and I like how this plays out too, because he likes the car like spins, and then he pulls it over to the side of the road, and she gets out, and then he gets out and sits next to her, and then they kind of like touch hands a little bit, and then it just cuts to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, they got uh, over it, yeah. we'll see what happens. They get him, and Olivia Wilde like sees this happening, and she's like. Oh, <laughs> she's like dodged that bullet. Fuck. She's yeah, because Russell Crowe goes into the zoo himself, picks up the kid. They're in like an aquarium part of it or something yeah. like that, and then he goes out and Olivia, Olivia Wilde like looks and sees in the car and, and this that there's a woman in the car. Yeah, it's like fuck. Uh. That lady was in jail for moiter. <laughs> <laughs> and she's what is she doing? Not in jail. Nice. <laughs> but she doesn't. Do, you kind of think that maybe she's gonna get no. like doesn't. Nothing we just don't see like her that. again, yeah. which is cool. And then and then we got airport. We got classic like airport stuff, like in Argo, where it's yeah. like getting past security, getting well, past here while the cops are right here. That hasn't quite happened yet. They do that in Canada. Right, because they go to Canada. So what happens is first, first they're like, "What do we do? We can't go the way that we plan to go because the place is shut down. So how are we going to get over the border?" Meanwhile, the cops are going through his garbage and they're piecing together his conspiracy map. This right? also happens in Argo. Yeah, <laughs> where they're putting together a picture from shredded stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. and so then there's a really fun scene I thought where they're like going towards the they're going towards the border. We're we're at the border. You see the cops are like pulling, you know, like looking for people, checking the cars, making sure that they that they aren't Russell Crowe and Elizabeth Banks. And uh, and they're like, we ex- we explicitly hear Lenny Clark say, I told him look for a couple with a child. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the toll booth or whatever, and we see that there's an old couple in the car with them now too that they cleverly hadn't shown us just with camera yeah. placement. And it's yeah. staggered too, so it's not like they're all in the back and the old couple's yeah, in the front. The, it's the like... old man is next, is in shotgun, and the old lady is behind Russell yeah. Crowe, and it just looks like grandma and grandpa are along for the trip. And you hear the guy as they're getting up to the border. The guy, the old man, is like, "You sure twenty bucks is enough? I mean, I could take a cab for way more than that." And Russell Crowe's like, "It's fine. Forget We're happy to it. give you a lift. Yeah. Forget about <laughs> it." They're kind of like maybe they're buddies now. He knows them by name and yeah. stuff like. That's pretty funny. So that gets them over the border into Canada, where they t- or no to yeah into Canada, where they take the old lady and the old man take a cab. They're out of the movie now. Meanwhile, Lenny Clark is piecing everything together, and they're like, okay, where are they going? Start calling all the other regional airports. Get them, you know, and, and like the the lady the lady black cop is kind of giving him a hard time about it. Like, how many fucking airports do you want me to yeah. call here, chief? Yeah. 
And um, they're putting together pictures of this building. Yeah. Well, they find they finally find this picture of this weird building, and nobody knows what it is. And then uh, the other cop is like, "Oh, that's the that's the Capitol building in Port-au-Prince, Haiti." Which bing, is a thing ding, that people ding, know. Ding, ding. <laughs> well, it, He's it, like, it, my it, wife and I had that honeymoon. Had our honeymoon it, there. It was in the news recently. Yeah, because something like something that. Like, yeah. Whatever. Because uh, uh, of the earthquake. Because of the earthquake. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and so they're like, oh, he's going to Haiti. So shut down the airports. Like, make sure he doesn't get on a flight to Haiti. And you can imagine how they're blocking this out because it looks like the cops are are gonna are, are they're right they're in them. line getting on the airplane. It looks like the cops are right behind him and they're walking through. It's but classic of course, like Silence of the Lambs stuff. Mis- absolutely, that's the thing. Total misdirection. Total misdirection. I do like the bit where they're up at the at the gate at the ticketing uh, agent and she's like you guys are going you know it's an awfully long trip for one carry on and Russell Crowe's like um you guys know how often you lose our luggage ooh yeah. she's like sick <laughs> burn and so it we're works. just going to buy clothes while we're there yeah, that works that was fun and they they managed to get on a plane and they they get out just in time yeah because they stop the plane to Haiti and they're like Calling, you know, the guy at the at the boarding gate is like on the phone with Lenny Clark. He's like, they're not here, and he's like, they've got to be there. They're not here. What about the other flights to Haiti? There are no other flights to Haiti. Shit. There was a flight to Four. Caracas, Venezuela, but it turns out there was a flight to Caracas, Venezuela, which is where they were going the whole time. And the Haiti thing was just a misdirect, and, someone, and, the, uh, and the garbage the, bag was intentional and all that. Intentionally dropped there. Yeah, and do you ever wonder why? Do you ever wonder why he left that garbage bag there? That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. And the, I think he actually also says, like, I wish we had the rest of this garbage. <laughs> I feel that the way The garbage bag thing was weird because I was it, – it just felt like it was too smart for us. Yeah, Crow's character. it did. But I liked the gag, especially yeah. because when he dropped it in the first place, I was like, what are you doing? I think he should have used his English skills somehow to get out of this, <laughs> like his uh, his ability to understand the uh, themes oh, in, in novels. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> His comparative literature His comparative skills. <laughs> or Moby has a cover of Leaving on a Jet Plane. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and, but that's the end. I mean, they get away. They totally get away. Um, and, but and now, so they're like, they're now in Venezuela come, now. Now comes the worst part of the movie. This is weird. Where they've got they've gotten away. That end of the, that part of the story is over. And uh, as they're all, as all the cops are like, well, I guess we I guess they got away. The one cop who was the original investigator is like, hmm, it's starting to rain. Cut to, they're at the crime scene, the original crime scene, where the Elizabeth Banks' boss was murdered. And they're looking around, and the cop is like, was it raining the night we came here? And the black lady cop is like, what the hell are she's, we doing here? She's like three fucking years yeah. ago? What, that, I don't that know. That lady's so great. She's just, this guy's wanting to do all this stuff, and she's like, this isn't our fucking job. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> He goes. She, heard, she said she heard a button pop, and he like he's chewing a piece of he pu- pulls out a piece of gum and he takes the wrapper and he tosses it in the water because it's pouring down rain down. and follows it into the. He drain. didn't need to do that. He could have just looked at the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he, yeah, he follows it all that's the way true. to the to the drain, and the, and he makes her help him lift the drain up, and he's like reaching under. He's looking for the button. She said because if a button, button if a button came off and it fell in the drain and we could find it, it would it would prove that she didn't do it. And, and we're <laughs> still we still don't know as a, as a viewer. Yeah. We're right. Still like, is it possible? I'm that sitting she here did going it? like, I want it. I wanted it to be that she did it. I, I wanted her to do it because I, I thought for sure she did it, and I was excited to tell you guys that I didn't fall for the twist. Right, would have been vastly but, uh, more interesting. It would have been vastly more interesting if it if he if he knows she did it and it doesn't matter. Yep. And that's crazy and fucked up, and it like throws all of the situation completely. Ambi- right. The ambiguity is so tantalizing. Would with that. work with the themes that they've been developing in the movie yeah, too. Absolutely it, this, would. This would it be of... better to live in fantasy than than know the truth? Yeah, yeah. Um, Weird. 
And then, and like to me, this this smacks of a reshoot or a it last. Was, I feel like it was after like audience testing or oh, something. Yeah, like audiences that. didn't like that, so yeah. uh, do it. Like, better do add this. Add this tacky scene at the end. And of course, like this reshoot stuff is just with these supporting characters mm-hmm. too. Easy reshoot. They didn't even to be, need to get the main actors yeah. back. Well, he doesn't. He reaches around well, and she, he doesn't. She goes, "Are you seriously looking for yeah, the button? Did you think you were gonna find the button? He's yeah. like, "I don't know." And then we see the button fall behind it, like, like a little thing. It's, it's like stuck it. in some grit and like the. Rain washes it away a little bit, and then it drops down, yeah. lost forever. She was innocent. She was innocent the whole time, which, eh, not that interesting. And then the last thing is, is the kid's not been kissing, has been mean to his mom or yeah. not talking to her, and at the end, he kisses her on the forehead. No, he loves like, her. Everything's okay. Yeah. He just I hates prisoners. Any of the stuff that was troubling us about this, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> she, The system was wrong. He was right to do this. Hope you enjoy Venezuela. <laughs> there, They got away. It's fine. Oh, Don't God. worry. This movie was 17 Don't hours worry, long. people, and it's two hours and 15 minutes long. I, ha- I, have I to didn't, I didn't feel that ending. at all. I, I thought it was fine. I think when it finally kicks in, and the, and then it t- and there's also kind of a lot of business to take care of. Yeah. So it's it's not one of those movies where I'm going like, cut that, cut that. Or it's like easy to see where you can uh-huh. cut. I do think that, think that they could have cut I think that. it's too they long, but it did, I didn't feel two. it. Like, it didn't, I don't it didn't know. It hit, it hit me hard. I don't know if it was just where I was at at yeah. the time. Like, you know, sometimes... It's just not, it just doesn't work. Sometimes you're just not in the mood for like a third homework movie in a week. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, can I just, I just want to plow through this one because I got places to be. Yeah. That happens to me sometimes too. Yeah. This one, I I knew what I was in for because I'd seen it and liked it before, like when it came out. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of like, oh, I'm interested to see if this holds up. But I thought for mostly, mostly it did. I still think the ending stinks. Yeah, and, and it must have been reshoots. It really feels I like... I can't imagine... It just, even, it just, even no, tonally... Like, like I was saying when I was reading the Wikipedia page, it sounded like Haggis... Well, this is based off of a, a another a French movie that mm-hmm. came out earlier, and Haggis said he really wanted it to be ambiguous whether or not she was guilty or innocent. And then I was like, well, that doesn't make sense with the button thing. So I, I think it had to have been something added at Un- the end. Unless we're supposed to not think that the button is definitive. It's just a button, after all. I mean, I think we're. We I feel like absolutely. I feel it's like it's definitive. Yeah, I feel like it's definitive. It's definitive. The movie's trying to say like, nope, she didn't do it. Yeah, you can feel and good about fine. that. You can feel good about that. Yeah. Don't think too hard about this. It's actually fine. But you're like the movie. But the movie's been taking. Has been very portentous the whole way through. It takes itself very seriously. Yeah. And that would have been a appropriately like serious way to end the movie. Yeah. And and then it's just sort of like, no, it was fine. Don't don't worry. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh okay. Um, this was some regular shit. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. But I think it's good. Yeah. I think this movie's good. Speaking of which, ratings. I'm going to go three Juds. Yep. Uh, I, I would like to go three and a half, but I can't. And also, I just that ending, just you blew it. It, it certainly... And it's a little slow. Yep, it hobbles itself at the end. Yeah. The most interesting thing about the movie is ruined by the mm-hmm. time the movie is over. Um, uh, I'll give it a Douglas... For the uh, sex in the car at the beginning, uh, you know, those tits are as big as your tits brain. Tits as big as your brain. <laughs> Shit like that. One Douglas. Not too bad. Uh, and I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Mm. Gosh, what am I going to give this? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 
deaf motorcycle passport guy. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Cool. Very cool. Just for a little bit of, that just for a little cool. bit of extra yeah. stuff. I want to see a movie stuff. about that guy. Yeah. He was or cool. Of, I could actually, I could roll that back and go 10 out of 10 useless bump keys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He just fucks that up. Yeah. I guess that is technically one part that you could just t- straight up cut out, but I kind of do I like, like, I do I like the stuff the where it's like, he's bad at it. Yeah, yeah, I mean like. No, it's good because he's just a, uh, he's just a dude trying to figure out how to break his. He's, he's not like Gerard Butler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just a fucking dude. What else would you do? You would not have a set of skills. You would YouTube it. You would try to figure it out. Because like, there's a version of this movie. You, you even you can even imagine like some studio guy going like, "What if he's an ex special forces dude?" So he like Absolutely. knows how to do stuff. It's very important that he's not. You know. Yeah. I have a I have a set of skills in in English. In English, in lit. English and comparative literature. Yeah, I, I don't even have tenure. <laughs> Yes. I, I, there's actually a line later in the movie when they're like looking into him and somebody's like, so he's an English professor. And then at another guy goes, added a community college. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wah, wah. He sucks. Uh, he's an unemployment major. An un- <laughs> I'm going to give it, I'm also going to give it three. I just, it's a classic three-star movie. It's it's aspiring for something more and then it takes itself out of that game at yeah. the end. Uh, the, the, the game of being better than just right yeah. down the middle. Um, but it, like once it things kick in, it do, it's 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 doing everything that it's supposed to do. Elizabeth Banks is really good. Russell Crowe's fine. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is really good. She's really good. And I generally think that she can be a bit hit and miss, but she's good in this. Russell Crowe's just a guy who is who I think was for a five five year span was a great actor, yeah. and then just sort of is not anymore. He's, he's, he's a, fine. He's not nearly as good in this, of course, but he's a little bit in insider mode here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's playing regular, a similar kind of guy, guy stuff, yeah. and he's fine. Yeah, but he just he, Dennehy, just, he MVP, lost whatever. That, that one scene with him like saying goodbye to his son, I thought was really good. Dennehy is Captain Gravitas. Yeah, he is. And again, like, even those scenes where he's not saying anything, you're like, look, you can't. You're like, look at Denny. Whoa, uh, when's he gonna do something? And, I, and and being someone who spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, I enjoyed the Pittsburgh location for Denny. Yeah, would have been nice for some people to have Pittsburgh accents. It's, yeah, a, wonder, yeah. it's a wonderful accent. Yeah, but uh, obviously they're not gonna get Russell Crowe to do that. Uh, I'm gonna give it zero. Douglas is just not no room for that, and uh, I'm gonna give it. What did you give it? I gave it ten out of ten. Deaf motorcycle passport deaf guys, motorcycle and then I switched. Guys. I kind of switched over to the useless bump key thing, so I stole two. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three minutes with Liam Neeson and <laughs> two minutes with Kevin Corrigan, like in and out. Boom, boom. Gone. The next three minutes. Yes, <laughs> the next with, three minutes. with Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. I'm going to give this, I was going to give it two, and then talking about it did make me like it a little better, so I'm going to give it two and a half. It just was, mm. it, I just felt the length too much. Yeah. There was some good stuff in there, but it's just, nah. I'm going to give it zero Douglases, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 spontaneous vomits over a railing. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. I like that. Yes. Yes, we did it. Speaking of vomits. We did it. What do we got? Speaking uh, of vomit. <laughs> what do we got next on deck? Next, we've got a couple of, a, tri- a, tri- a trio, a triptych. Oh. Of of buddy spy movies, we're going to be doing um, Bad Company with Anthony Hopkins <laughs> and Chris Rock, directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Very excited. We're going to be doing uh, Safe House with our good buddy, our good buddy Denzel and Ryan Reynolds. Don't remember this at all. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Oh. And we're going to be doing Body of Lies, another Ridley jam, with Russell Crowe again. That's going to be long. And and our boy Leo DiCaprio. It's just an absolute, like absolutely perfectly fine movie and that I, didn't need to be made. I collaborated on this one with our buddy Will Goss, who came up with the perfect title, which yeah. is Call My Agent. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these, so who knows. 
I, yeah. I guess I'm excited. Three straight up mediocrities. This is going to be a tough. Absolutely, yeah. Ridley Scott media. Ridley Scott. A, Rid- Ridley, a Ridley Scott mediocrity is a is a tough one. Meaty Scott gritty. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes, it's like a movie that is perfectly fine. Yeah. And then you're also like, why did we all get together to make this? Why did I watch this? What's this for? Anyways, that's exciting. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Sign up for the Patreon. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Lots Five of stars good stuff only. on the Patreon. That uh, Team America episode is up. It's very popular. Oh, it's is that got popular? People, it's got people talking. Yeah. Because <gasps> uh, I, I don't think anybody talked about that movie for a really long time, and, and rightly so. Um, Lily wants to go. She's ready to go. Lily is, has been mostly good, and she's ready. She needs to be rewarded by being released. Yeah. Um, yes, follow us on Twitter if it's still around when this comes out. <laughs> Soon to be called X, I believe. Yeah. That guy really sucks. He really, really sucks. fucking it up. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram and tell all your friends and your family to tune in to Suspense is Killing Us. Until then, stay tuned for our daddy bracelets. Ooh. Daddy bracelets. Rachel buys t-shirts. Yeah, all the good things. One day, it's all going to come out at once. <laughs> Until then, the suspense is totally killing us, you guys. Totes. Bye. 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 Bye.